Welcome to Mortally Wounded Podcast, episode 46. I'm your host, James. And I'm your host, Chris. Hi, James. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks, Chris. Just uh, on a hot, steamy night here in Goulburn. In, uh, All right. Don't need to tell me about your activities South Wales. Sam. <laughs> yep, true. <laughs> this is <a> bit... <laughs> I don't think anybody wants wants to hear that. Um, but, yeah, like steamy night, we're getting, like, thunderstorms, et cetera. But, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know, I'm just kind of keen to get get down and get a, get our first podcast out for the year after our Christmas special. Yeah, it's, it feels like it's been a while, but it's not been too bad, I guess. It's a month and a month and a bit. Seems to so. be the standard these days. <laughs> We're on track. We're on yeah. track to, to put out one every two months and try and get better than that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I've been good. Um, just a few things have been happening around the traps here, hobby-wise and gaming-wise, over the last uh, you know number of weeks since we recorded. But, um, yeah, shall we uh, shall have a quick chat, a little update on, on our hobby, what we've been doing yeah. for hobby lately? Yeah, so do you want to – I'll so? go first because I'm pretty limited – um, uh, with all the all the renovations and stuff going on at the moment, yeah, um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. In full swing downstairs, which is great. Um, but I, it just means I have no hobby space. Like I, I have a, a little box on the dining table. I can build some models, and that's it. So there's. I did do a tiny bit of painting actually. Um, in the lead up for Goldcon, not for my models. Clint was going to be borrowing, um, my <laughs> Seraphon, and um, before he went, he was like, "Oh, what could I take?" And I was like, "Oh." You could take Seraphon, like, and I wrote a list, and I was like, I literally have all of this ready to go, um, mm. like all these models because it's like engine, two Stegodons, Basti with the solar engine, blah blah blah. And I, I'd said to him like, you could take that, and he was like, okay, but like, uh, I'll use Elliot's models. And then like, <laughs> the Friday <laughs> night, the Friday night of list submission, he's like, oh, so you've got all that stuff to use, and I'm like, yeah, and I'm like. I mean, actually, the two Stegodons, like mine, are all built as engines, so I'd need to like bit, find the bits and build the bows and paint the bows, and then I'd need to paint my solar engines because I painted the three arcs of Sotek and and stuff. But I was like, but that's fine. I told you I had it all, so I'll get, and that's fine. I can get it all done. Um, so I did that in like a couple of hours one evening. I actually just like I went down. It made me get the bits out, built the bows, and I just painted the stuff up. Um, and it was really quick like with contrast but then other stuff and it was super it was actually really good because i've been wanting to hobby for a while now because i don't yeah. have a hobby a yeah. hobby space and i actually am at like probably this is the first time probably in my like years and years in the hobby that i've actually like been like i want a hobby like i want to paint yeah and, yeah and and get stuff done and i can't and maybe that's why maybe as soon as i can i'll be like nah but um <laughs> It was good. Like I, I painted up these bows and stuff and they look fine. Like they look decent. And it took me no time. And like um I did the uh like I did the crystal on the solar beam, the Basti like purple. Um I just like based it purple with contrast, then just had like a purple layer, which I just very roughly like filled in the the middle and then I edge the contrast gives you like a perfect like edge anyway but then i just went mm, over yeah. with like the super light purple edge paint over the over the edges on the crystal and yeah. then i bought i bought um i had like a i bought a few like um like color shift paints um and so i just yes. got i got this different like, brand though to the different brand aren't they they're <sighs> there's, there's so many out from there green now. stuff world there's, yeah it wasn't um, it wasn't the camo colors yeah um 
yeah like i mean there's so many out there now but it's yeah. um oh, yeah, it looked really know. nice by the way that's why i'm asking Tur- doesn't like okay. turbo dork turbo dork that's it yeah. yeah um so yeah like it was like a purpley blue and i mm. just i thought i'm just going to try this like with the brush and i just painted a few like layers of it over the whole crystal and like like thin layers so it didn't cover up the the colors and the line highlighting i'd done yeah and it just gave it this little like magical glow yeah like sheen over it and i was like super chuffed with it and then i put a i put a little bit over like the silver metal i had done as well on the like the um arrow tips on the bolt throws and it like made them go this magically like blue color so it like picks out the color underneath so obviously putting it over purple it was this purpley glow but putting it over silver i got this blue glow um Mm. and it was it was great like i was like cool they're done um and so it was one of those little things that had been sticking around that i needed to do to kind of do that for my seraphon anyway that i probably wasn't getting around to that i just sat down and when you're forced to do something it was like two hours done happy with it kind of thing so yeah, um it's brilliant that that was it like that's all the painting i've done in months but like it was good I was Satisfying. Like, oh, yeah. it was cool and yeah just oh the main thing from it was um i had bought a while ago after listening to a random hobby um episode it would have been honest wargamer i think or some other ones with vince venturella and he'd mentioned they'd been talking about metallics before and he'd mentioned vallejo metal color as like mm. the be- the best metallic so i remember i'd bought a pot a while ago and i'd never used it um so when i was i knew i needed a silver because i wanted to do some metal so i found this metal color silver that i'd got and i um i tried that out for the first time and i was just like holy shit like I, honestly i think i i i think it's a crime that games workshop even sell metallic paints and don't just tell you <laughs> <laughs> to go and buy these other ones because yeah yeah <laughs> it it was just a whole new world like honestly the coverage was incredible and it wasn't super thick and gloopy like yeah it didn't need it didn't need thinning like it flowed incredibly but the pigment was super high i had like a, i literally had a stormcast guy next to me that i'd just been building from dragons like a nitroconis i think so it was bare plastic but i had because i only needed a tiny bit of the silver for the model so i dropped out a bit from the bottle and i still had loads on the palette so i was like okay well i just want to test this and see because the pigment was crazy so i just literally painted this metallic onto bare plastic and the coverage was incredible and so yeah, yeah honestly anyone out there that doesn't have them go and get yourself some vallejo metal color metallics and just yeah. throw all your games workshop ones in the bin don't actually but like <laughs> i'm I, I, genu- <laughs> I genuinely don't think i'll use a games workshop metallic paint ever again like it, it it was amazing um and so since then i've gone out and when i've seen them in various hobby stores i've been starting to buy because the gold i could not get anywhere because i wanted gold for like when i do stormcast um and i was trying to find it online and everywhere is sold out so it's clearly great because mm, i yeah, couldn't it's, get it's it nice. <laughs> and then i and then um I found a random like links from Westfield saying through like Westfield direct or something, but it was coming from Hobbyco, And I was like, Oh, Hobbyco, Cause I used to go into Hobbyco all the time being in Sydney. Cause it's like in the QVB when I used to work right next to it. Um, yeah. but I hadn't realized that actually Hobbyco is apparently there's only like four or five stores in it. They're only in like Sydney basically. Um, so I was like, Oh, okay. Hadn't really thought about it that I hadn't seen any here, but yeah. And then Dan, um, 
just messaged me like because i had been texting him about it and then he messaged me like oh i just i'm walking past it there's a hobby co in this shopping center um do you want me to check and i was like oh yeah if you wouldn't mind he just went in and asked and then he said they yeah they literally had like a box behind the counter and it was like full so they had like 20 just randomly sitting in this hobby co <laughs> so he he picked he picked me up two and posted them to me um so i've got two of these pots nice. of gold that will last and you I, forever I, as well and i feel yeah. like that is literally like liquid gold now yeah. um in terms of rare like being able to get it um but then since then i've been into like other hobby stores and been able to pick up a bronze like a copper um there's a chrome as well which i'm very intrigued by Mm, yeah um but yeah so there's loads of shades of silver and stuff like that but now i've so now yeah. i've got them all and um yeah I, I i don't think i'll ever use any metallic other than that now um yeah, yeah no definitely I've, I've i've gone down the same track as well like i've got um like only within the last sort of six months just been slowly building it up i started off with just i think it was burnt iron um i had a silver i, had, I managed to get a gold ages ago um but it was there were elements and a part of what I was sort of incorporating into that sort of uh, grimdark kind of uh, aesthetic that I was um, you know experimenting with, and these paints were kind of playing into that a little bit. Um, but yeah, now that I've, I'm kind of a, I'll go into hobby at the moment in a sec, but I'm using acrylics a bit more in in uh, the last couple of you know couple of the projects that I'm doing at the moment. Uh, so I've been using them just to base stuff out, and yeah, they they are spectacular. Even maybe I would even venture to say a bit too thin sometimes. You've, you've got to be careful. You do have to try. You can't load your paintbrush too much, otherwise, if you're trying to do like precision or trying to get into smaller looks and crannies, it can kind of the overflow of it can go on and 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 spoil your work a bit. And I found that with them, like almost like too good, like too thin. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah you just got to manage that way. Yeah, just um, just you know, do what um, Duncan does and just roll it off a bit on the, on the paint palette before you, before you go in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've got like a burnt iron, which is I think my favorite cause it's like a real dark iron. It's good sort of base out for, for armor and stuff. And then I use the silver for the highlighting. So I've been doing that. Um, but yeah, there's a few others like gunmetal, gunmetal um, sort of color and another iron color. Um, but anyway, um, they've got a really nice shade as well, uh, which is kind of like a, I would say, substitute for Nolan Oil because Nolan Oil gives you a nice, nice dark, kind of matte uh, shading. But they've, but um, Metal Color has sort of a range of different washes as well. Um, okay. So I've got like a grey wash, which is a lot more subtle, and it's a th- it's because it's thinner. It all it settles like um, it's like a more fine settling in the the details. Yeah. Uh, in so the are these nook, nooks and crannies and stuff? So, given yeah. that the if they're metal color range, I'm assuming they're washes for metallic. So, are they gloss? Yes, or? yeah, yeah. Um, so they they're not so much glossy. No, they're just sort of probably more satin when they when they dry. Okay. So yeah, that's what I've that's I'll what I found with ch- the one okay. I've got. I'll have yeah. to check them out because I have. It's found very that subtle the, though. The GW gloss ones almost look a bit sticky. Yeah, it's when definitely you, when not you do to that. It. Yeah, these ones are kind of more of a satin kind of finish okay. when they dry. But you can't you um, can't use the non-gloss ones because then it it doesn't work over the metallic either. Like I, I can't use normal null oil on metallic because it definitely looks off because because it, it's not glossy. But then if I've used the gloss one, it it definitely looks too shiny and sticky. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I find the 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 non-oil glosses has has some very specific uses that I found for myself. But like 
and like it's to do one particular thing um and that's like kind of like when i do i've uh like petrified bone black sort of petrified bone i've used it oh, yeah in, in, with, for doing that um but yeah null oil is good for these i found that they're great because they if you it just depends what you what effect you want to get but the yeah the the metal color washes yeah yeah i think they're they're designed for the metal color range and yeah they okay. they dry differently and they yeah they have a bit more of a satin sort of dry so oh, when they All dry right. they're kind of satin finish but i'll um, have to get yeah, some of them and then as well then yeah there's a few different shades as well like i've got like a lighter gray one it's for like um it's for like gray tanks because like a lot of their stuff's geared towards the scale model um hobby side of the hobby like building tanks and airplanes and all that kind of yeah. stuff so um but yeah i do good. really like reichland flesh gloss for gold armor though it gives you oh like yes a, yeah i like very rich warm gold and that mm. does mm. like all my seraphon is like it's retributor armor with like reichland gloss and it's very rich warm gold it's not on that like like you wouldn't i don't think any nmm style gold is that it's always two on the yellow mm, because mm. because obviously it's nmm it's in the browns and the yellows and the creams um, yeah like mine like the way i paint gold is obviously not nmm because no um like <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I've, 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 i haven't gone there either <laughs> it's full metal full metal metallics for me um yeah. but like, there's no shame yeah, in I've, that no shame in i've that always I've always just done, I have a preference for very rich, warm gold. And I do find that the fleshy tone of Reichland flesh shade, but obviously then gloss for the armor. Like mm. I, I, that's my preferred like wash for armor rather than like, even if it was gloss rather than Agrix earth shade, for example, mm. like yeah. I, I, I like the Reichland. So I want to try Reichland over the metal color golds. Um, yeah, cause I'm going to, I'm going to paint up some Stormcast soon. So yeah, cool. I'll be keen to try that. I found the gold, uh, the Vallejo model color gold. Um, it's kind of like almost like a, almost like a greenish kind of gold oh, in okay. a way. Like it's kind of more of like a dull gold. Like you could probably, like I've tried it recently to do some trim on, on my Lumineth and um, it's sort of, it hasn't been as fantastic looking. I think that's because of the, like the combination with the other colors I've got on the model as well, but okay. it's been brilliant um, when I've been using it to do uh, like sort of gold or bra even brassy highlights on my, um, on my Vicos or my Vendrak yeah. army, which is like with all the oils and enamels and all that kind of stuff. I've found it, it much more um, like it looked awesome on those models. But like when I tried it with on the Lumineth models, it just, I just, it did not look good to me in my eyes looked terrible. So um it's yeah it's kind of like a more of a dullish green um well that was yeah that's that's yeah, how, okay. what i've observed with it but yeah so i you could try it just putting it straight on see how you feel put it try try a wash it might not be as yeah. bright as you as you think but like the um way to go like and i love retributor gold i think retributor gold's a great citadel metallic it's probably my favorite of the metallics um yeah. and i use that like quite often if i'm going to do even like a uh brass or um or you know if i'm doing gold um <laughs> i'll do i'll base it out with retributor armor because it's i find that's got you know sim it's very good coverage and all that yep. kind of stuff and um but yeah 
No, to be yeah, fair, like it, mixing it, it and is. matching and using, trying new stuff and mixing it in, seeing how they go, and uh, tr- cross cross pollinating different brands of paints and stuff yeah. like you know, got some scale seventy five stuff recently and used them for the first time on the Lumineth, and it was a bit of a disaster. <laughs> I just didn't know how to use them. Um, they're a different beast altogether, and so yeah, um, yeah, they're very, very, very. Very translucent. Uh, translucent, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. Tr- I was trying to use them as like normal layer paints and you know what I've been accustomed to using acrylics and it just yeah. came I've out streaky they're much and more like tinty kind of yeah, very was... very subtle. Yeah. Yeah, I was using it for the wrong wrong purpose. So I kind of got, got a little bit discouraged there, but it was just a learning a learning curve and I had um uh Nick James bitch and uh <laughs> <laughs> and Jordan reaching out to me um uh just to have a chat because I had a bit of a bit of a hobby cry earlier in hobby the week. Wobble. <laughs> hobby wobble, yeah. Um, but yeah, those guys, um, Jordan and and, and Nick James, um, yeah, reached out and helped me out with that. Help, help me help pull me through as as, as did others as well. Um, but yes, which I appreciate very much. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, in particular, Jordan was saying, yeah, he uses them, but they're more for glazing. He uses them for glazing mm. for his stuff. So I was like, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, I need to change the way I'm approaching this with these paints because I had this sort of idea in my head that I was going to um, paint this Luminef with or go get these new paints and I've got my colour palette, like my um, my colour scheme that I'm going to stick to these this set of colours and, you know, it's just sort of like magentas, purples, and with an orange is the sort of counter colour, the pop colour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I thought I'm going to use scale 75 paints. It's going to be really bright. It's going to look it's going to look amazing, and it's just going to be, you know, immediately satisfying and great. <laughs> and it wasn't. So <laughs> I had to like re rethink how I was going to do these lumineths. So, um, yeah. So for the reason why I'm doing the lumineth is because the local shop here, Nerdstar Games, is uh, put on this thousand dollar challenge at the beginning of the year. Put out the call just before New Year's. Um, and so I thought, well, I have to get involved with that. So it's basically uh, three prizes, $500 for best general, and there's 250 for best hobbyist and 250 um, for, I think it's uh, best painted or, be- or coolest painted, something like that, or the most creative, most creative. So I think that'd be sort of geared towards conversions and stuff, I suppose. But um, yeah, so they're gift voucher uh, prize, prize money for the store. So um, and you can take it all out. So there's a thousand dollars, potential thousand dollars of gift vouchers up for grabs at the local shop. So that's great. Um, but yeah, just a way for the store to generate interest in the local scene here in Goulburn. And because um, Age of Sigma community is very small here, um, there's about, there's a handful of players. Um, we've been playing every week or most weeks um, uh, for the last few months. So it's been good getting that local Thursday night gaming in. Um, and yeah, this this competition is uh, you know, has drawn a few extra people in and stuff like that. So it's just all about building building the community, driving some sales for the local store, keeping that space uh, there. So I have somewhere to go that's local where I can go yeah. in and have games. And um, you know, big believer in supporting the the friendly local game stores. Uh, and because it's the more I support it, the the bigger and better it will get, and it'll just get more stuff and become like just the central hub of where I get all my things, which is what I'd like like to see it all go. But um but yeah, I digress. <laughs> but yeah, so I decided to finally uh, get get the Lumineth out. So Lumineth was a side project which I'd had 
uh, planned at some point, but I got all the models. Most of the models I got for it were from like two years ago. <laughs> so Christmas, <laughs> not Christmas just gone, but Christmas before is when I uh, gift, had my gift lifts out to family and stuff. So I was given a lot of Lumineth things and I got the that starter box and um, that first yeah. came out and had started just building my collection up like and thought, okay, once I finish my Death Army, I'll um, <laughs> I'll uh, start the Lumineth. But then I got caught up in doing another a second Death Army, and yeah, <laughs> um, the Soul Blight book got good. Anyway, yeah, the Soul oh. Blight. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I decided to do another one. So anyway, that's put kept getting pushed back, pushed back. So I thought, well, now's the time to do it. And I'd already bought the Teclas from the local shop. Um, so I thought, okay, let's do tech. Let's do let's do Lumineth and um, basically, yeah, we, we post our work in progress shots in the group chat every fortnight and rev each other up, keep us, keep ourselves uh, motivated. And I think it's early April, 3rd of April, there's going to be like a one day tournament for Age of Sigma where we all compete in a one day and the winner takes out that 500 points and then they do the hobby prizes and everything. So um, the goal is to have this 2000 points of Lumineth painted by then. <laughs> Uh, we yep. are now like week two of February, and I am still working on my first unit of um, <laughs> Orlan Wardens. So, um, yeah, good luck to me uh, doing that. I mean, uh, the good thing is Teclas is like a third of your army, and yeah, like yeah. Sentinels just got more expensive. So, like a unit, yeah, of, I, a I, unit of them's a quarter of your army. So, yeah, I've got I've got a box of those. Uh, go. I've got one of the battle cows. So. Deciding whether or not to do, um, yeah. Chris is just showing me a picture of uh, of a techless. Is that your techless, Chris? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've got the battle cow. I've got the stone, uh, the stone mage. Got that guy. Yeah. Um, got a few other heroes. Got the you know the Kalathar. Um, yeah, the box set stuff. You know the the horses. Um, got a ballista as well. Um, but yeah, so there's a few more things I need to get, of course, which I'll get through the hobby shop. Did that li- that uh, shrine, that shrine thing, the um... shrine luminor, shrine luminor. Yes. So, but yeah, um, I'm. A, yeah, that's a great. <laughs> I'm going to do my cool best to try and get it um, painted, but yeah, <laughs> I don't like my chances. If this is where I'm at, I should technically probably be, you know, into my third battle line unit by now almost finished or halfway done at least um so yeah really gotta step up step it up a bit you'll hit your groove <laughs> yeah yeah i think just um experimenting like having having an idea color scheme buy stuff for it get it out build them get excited then start kind of applying my theory of what I want to do in my head and then in reality for it not to work out and then to kind of have to reinvent what I'm doing, but I'm still sticking to my color palette, but just sort of going back to techniques that I'm a bit more familiar with, but taking it up a little notch, not trying to do a big leap into something completely different for, yeah. for the project. So um, it's funny you mentioned contrast, Chris. So I mean, I think it's your comment was like, oh, you were just, just slap some contrast, on mate. It. Just slap some contrast on it, mate. You'll be right. And I'm just like, oh. but it's funny you say that because that's what I did, pretty much. Good. Like <laughs> so, yeah, I genuinely, like... I genuinely don't 
<laughs> like unless it's a super concepty army that you're doing like all airbrush or whatever or like all inks or, or washes or something like honestly i don't know why anyone's basically first kind of base coat isn't with contrast these days like it's just so <laughs> much quicker and it's great stuff they've got loads of colors and it's it goes on like a wash so you don't have the issues of like trying to get solid base coats on when sometimes you get awful paints that are just streaky and look shite and they're or they're really thick or what like they're all pretty consistent and it's just honestly like i think it takes a tenth of the time that normal paint does because of the way it goes on and like then you just paint on top of it with layer paints and highlights and everything but you've already got a you've already got base with a wash down like yeah. i honestly like i'm painting any model now and like i say unless i'm doing like an airbrush thing or something where i'm not basically painting the model properly like in air quotes yeah i'll use contrast like 100 percent, i'll use contrast and i i just don't yeah. know why you wouldn't unless you're like an unless you're like a super 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 high-end painter like i, I yeah i don't know <laughs> well I'm i've just been like, using them go as for like it. yeah absolutely like I've, I've been using them like as a approaching them in my mind about as a glaze so um with these uh with the robes i'm building i'm still doing like because i've already kind of done the base color base it out with the scale 75 color which is like this really deep sort of uh blue base and they, i think i wish i could just leave it like that but there's just not enough depth <laughs> um so um i'll be layering them up i'll do next layer then next layer and then i've but then i'm to kind of pull it all together i'm doing a sort of like a thinned wash with telesar blue or yep. telesar blue um and that is just pulling it together and it's brightening it up and it looks cool i think i'm i'm i'm, I'm happy with that and um i'd already done all the the armor um when i decided to take this reapproach like i'd already based it all out with the um metal color so yep. i used the the burnt iron um so what i'm doing is just yeah, again i'm not going straight out of the pot telesar but i'm just um you know thinning it down a bit with some um, contrast medium and just uh doing that over the top of the, the armor as well. So it's, you've got that metallic blue um, base on their, the armor plates and on their um, scale mail and things like that. And once that's all dry, then I'll just go back and I've been using the silver, metal color silver to um, pick out all the trimming and the edges and everything. Yep. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking at and, it now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it's turning up a lot nicer. Um, now, so I'm a bit, I'm more, a bit more happy with it. Now that I know what I'm doing, I'll be able to apply this to the rest of the models in the army, and should hopefully be a lot quicker. Um, yeah, pumping out, pumping out the units from this point onwards. But um, yeah, I like the, I like the orange and the kind of magentary fuchsia, pink. Like they're good pop colors. Like yeah, yeah, they definitely work. I reckon you could do. I reckon maybe like a green gem, like on the forehead or something yeah like I've, i'm kind of leaving i'm leaving those spaces um yeah the gems and stuff i'm just silver basing them at the moment so i can go back with something to kind of which, yeah depending on which color maybe probably orange maybe because i want to stick to my um my palette the Green triangle might, yeah might not work with yeah um, but i just I'd, looking at that model now i'm like i don't know if orange i think in that spot would work so maybe purple to give you your triangle 
with the purple yeah. in the, in the well, robe. Yeah, that purple in the robe. I think I need more of that on there yeah, as well. I think, and um, that would that would be literally a triangle as yeah. well. The point of the triangle on the forehead. Yeah, yeah, might work. Yeah, I think I might go with that because um, I forgot that I had the best purple color on Earth in my drawer, and that is warlock. Warlock. Purple. Yeah, warlock purple from Vallejo. Um, Vallejo. I put the air paint. Um, yeah, it's uh, Vallejo game air warlord. Sorry, Warlord Purple, not Warlock Purple. But, yeah, it's just this amazing um, bright magenta purplish color, and it's just – it it fucks, basically. It's <laughs> It fucks on the model. <laughs> like, it's just so good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've been, uh, yeah, doing that as the final sort of – because it's a, an air paint. Um, I've just been using that as a glaze as well to kind of pull that part of the model together. Um, so people listening, um, if you head over to my Instagram, uh, Duke Kadrick, um, there's a post there that I've just put up at time of recording uh, of a work in progress shot of my um, Fenari Orlan Wardens. And so it's got the the uh, unit champion. Uh, so we're just like doing some commentary on that at the moment. If you want to whip out your phone and have a look um, and so you can see what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at with the Lumineth. Got to kind of really get into gear there, like with work for me, um, of a night. Can only really get about an hour a night during the week. And then I've got weekends, but there's quite often getting taken up with other things. And then yeah. I'll just have a day where I just, I'm just vegging out because I'm just exhausted and I just want to sit there and watch TV and have a beer sort of thing. Um, yeah. Uh, but it's just been, <laughs> the project has been giving me this sort of low level anxiety. <laughs> Because there's, a de- because there's a deadline. So I'm sitting on the couch. Like the more anxiety it's been giving me, like the less I've been actually painting. So I need to like kick that and then just get back into just regular out an hour a night before I go to bed. I've got to go to bed too early. But anyway, um, poor me. Woe is me. <laughs> but It can be hard though. Like I've always been yeah. like these people that sit and they paint all the time and like they get so much oh, done hundreds kind of, like, hundreds of models but, a year I'm just but like, i'm just oh, like God, i, I, I do don't know again. how like especially like if you've got families and stuff and it's like i don't know like yeah unless it is literally just hmm. even if it is an hour i'm but so it's impressed ed- but it's every day maybe that does just add up and you'd be surprised at how much you can get done just making sure that you always sit down and paint for an hour but like yeah. i'm like yeah like i get home from work and then have dinner and then like i'll be spending time with riley and then do like bath and bedtime and everything and then it'll be like okay Hmm. maybe i've got i mean realistically from that point like eight o'clock onwards i probably have a couple hours i guess a a night if i don't need to do any more work or something like that like if there's nothing else Hmm. on but then that's that's like not including like if me and like Mitch are watching our TV show or something that's come out. Yeah. Like yeah. That, there's normally an episode of something we're watching every night from a show as well. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to have us, that yeah. time as well. And so yeah. then it does then go, okay, how much time do I guess, how much personal time to myself do I then have of an evening before I need to be going to bed to have a good, I guess, night's normal night's sleep for routine of getting yeah. up yeah. at like, I get up like seven these days now, which is way later than it used to be. But then again, this is not factoring in doing exercise or anything like that as well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like realistically, yeah, I have How many like hours an hour. in a day. Yeah. <laughs> I have like an hour, maybe two a night 
Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm always like, I don't, I just don't get it how people just paint as much as they paint. But maybe some people like they don't have family, and also like, yeah, I don't know. Like people can just spend their whole weekends painting and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, well. um, and some people have that capacity just to churn stuff out as well at a good, really like at a high quality. Like, um, you know, guys like Gabe, like Gabe, I don't know how he does it. He's got hundreds of kids. models a year. You know, like, um, <laughs> he's the guy. The man's a machine. What a legend! Like, yeah. Yeah, um, and yeah, he's posting it and stuff like that. So it's just, yeah, he's he's just in there, and not only um, painting hundreds of models a year, he's also painting dozens of terrain piece, terrain pieces, and stuff like that. Like with his tally, with his tallies and things. Like it's so, uh, it's yeah, big respect, um, Gabe, if you're listening, man. Um, yeah, someone something to aspire to. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Like I, I, I plan on painting a lot of models this year, to be fair, like once my hobby space is done, but they're like, that's because I'm basically going to do a bunch of concept armies this year. I think like after having done the deep kin and being super happy with them, hmm. yeah. like I'm, I'm planning on just doing, I, I would just want to start getting through my backlog of unpainted stuff so that I've got armies I can play with as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm planning on painting a lot this year, but they're, they're not going to be like, like Gabe's a really good painter as well. Like, so it's people that can paint that many, like James Lynch. I don't know how the hell he paints the amount of models he paints to the standard. He paints them every year is just bonkers. Mm. Like yeah. I've talked to him before when we, when we had the game a few months ago and he was like, Oh, that's my thing. I just paint every night though. Like that's my, what I want to do to chill out. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff. But I still am like, I don't know how many hours though you actually have. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah. And I guess like he's, he's, he's definitely got his routine and yeah. uh, he's got his ways down pat. And um, do you have a time turner, James? Tell me. A time turner. <laughs> yeah. That was a Harry Potter reference. Uh, right, right. Sorry. Okay. I should, I should know better. <laughs> um. But yeah, so yeah, like if uh, things will change a little bit for me in the coming uh, months because um, I'll be uh, starting a new job. So I'm going to be um, uh, asking if I can start later in the day. So I'll be able to sleep in a bit. That means I might be able to go to bed an hour later than what I currently do. So um, I might be able to get two hours in a night. So things could change for me there. So um, yeah, looking forward to to some adjustments there but um but yeah so that's my that's my lumineth um project so um i did want to like uh talk about what what kind of goals um we might want to set for ourselves this year like hobby goals and i was thinking maybe gaming goals as well um so like f- for me uh, my goals for this year so uh, obviously, I'm doing my Lumineth at the moment. The goal is to have 2,000 points painted by April, early April, and compete in this um, competition. Um, so that's goal number one. <laughs> goal number two is to paint my Kings of War Halfling Army. So I yep. painted the first regiment of that. Um, and that was actually going to be my main focus for the first sort of, like, that was going to be my focus um, for this um, part of the year. I was going to finish the the Vendrak Army, which I've only got um, for the, the current list. Um, I've only got to paint another 10 direwolves and a corpse cart, and then that list is finished. I can take it to start taking it to Sigma events. Um, and then I'll just add things to it over time. 
Um, yeah. But does my main include, sort of does that include the Banbreaker, like the Mega Guard? Yeah, the, ally? yeah, yeah. That I'll, he'll be added at, at at some point. Um, okay, and also Radicar. No, he's not done yet. Okay. Um, but yeah, Radicar, the vampire um, heroes, and I'll just like when I get new death stuff, the new death model range will be just slowly added to that army. Yeah. Um, as I as I but because I've already got a large, I've got a huge death army at home with my old my old army. Um, in the in the its original color scheme, this is like a different snowy base color scheme. Um, so I add the new stuff to the new one and um, keep playing with my old one. Um, just just for that variety, and same with my night haunt. Um, I'll just be adding like a hero there, there here, a hero there. Considering there's some really cool stuff coming up and a new battle tome for night haunt, which I'm super excited about, pumped about that. Um, so that'll motivate me to get more night haunt painted, but, um, yep. but yeah, like, yeah, I was going to get, try and get the halflings done, um, and, and, uh, start, um, kicking around with some Kings of war and, but then, yeah, this competition came along and now I'm doing Lumineth. <laughs> so my heart is like kind of not, wasn't fully in, in it, but I'm like, no, I'm doing this. I'm committed now. So I'm going to get through this till April. Then after that, um, change gears and, uh, I'll be finishing off the Veer costs definitely because I want to take them to uh, to Border War in, at the end of April. Yep. So all I've got to paint for that is the 10 Direwolves and the Corpse Cart. Um, maybe if I've got more time, I'll get a get Radicar and maybe play around the list, play around with the list a bit. But um, yeah, but yeah, I want to get this Halfling army painted so I can um, start having some fun uh, with that, uh, exploring that um, side of the hobby. Back to rank and flank. <laughs> and, oh, what is the other? Yeah. Oh, I've got it on the table as well. Just a, just a very quick side project was um, um, Armada, which I've mentioned in a previous uh, podcast, which is um, kind of like uh, for the older members listening, might, un- might remember Mano War, uh, which is the Warhammer Fantasy Sea Battles game with like battleships and things like that from all the different races. Uh, so Armada is like Mantic's version of that for the the, the land or the, the world of Panathor, which is what um, Kings of War is based in. So I've got the starter set for that. So they're kind of like they're a work in progress on my desk. They're going to be like a, pla- a palette cleanser um, yep. to finish that. It's just a quick side project. Um, so I want to get them done. Um, they're your little, your little boats, right? Yeah, they're my little boats. So I've got some orc, orc boats and some human boats. <laughs> so we'll learn how to play them a bit, play, have some fun with that, kicking around with that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like my main hobby goals. So I've got, I've got till April sorted. Beyond that, get the halflings done. When Nighthawk comes out, um, add some more units to that. Uh, finish the vehicles for, uh, for in time for Border War. Um, yeah, that's kind of like my, my hobby thing at the moment. Sort of dabbling, uh, reaching out into trying different gaming systems and stuff. So, seems to be a lot of that going on at the moment. Um, you know, with um, Marvel Crisis Protocol. Yeah, I was going to say Marvel Crisis Protocol. People dipping their toes back into 40k and, um, you know, stuff like that. So it's, yeah, people are kind of stretching their wings a bit and trying out new things, and it's all in the hobby. Um, Age of Sigma for me is not going anywhere. It's still my my main jam, my main game. Um, yeah, I still love it and, um. 
bit of you know bit of bit of teething with the new edition but now that i'm playing regularly with it i'm, I'm really enjoying it so i've kind of adapted to the new game um, um so i'm enjoying the new edition and yeah i feel like i'm in a good spot with with it all just gotta just gotta uh keep chant just gotta keep going with the luminate <laughs> keep going with the luminate yeah um yeah i think once but, you get that first unit done and you're like yeah. yeah cool like this it looks good and you know the recipe you know what you need to do like that's the thing that i always found was like getting getting me to start and getting me to the point where i've like i've i've got my colors that i know work because you can have your colors in your head and then yeah if they, if you try and they don't work like it's getting to the point where you've got your first model or unit or however you do it done and you you're happy with it and then you know your colors the rest of it you just you do like ten, you you do it like mm. 10 times faster because you're yeah. like cool now i do this and then you just like this paint then this paint and this paint and it's like it, yeah. yeah you you will get you will get more and more into it oh yeah it. yeah yeah and i'm like when i start before i start my new job i'll take a week off at least a week off before i start so i'll i'm just going to use that week just to chill paint just be a man of leisure for a week and just re- reset yeah um, ready nice. to start ready to start a new chapter so um yeah I've, i'm not worried about finish yet i'm just at the moment feeling yeah need to be a lot further down the track but yeah but you're right yeah i'll get there um now that i know what i'm doing more so well there's always like if it's a two thousand point challenge as well like the armor you paint for that doesn't and probably won't be by any means the whole army you paint so you can always just be like you take the expensive stuff in the book for the 2000 point for the competition like it yeah. doesn't yeah like you can do techless plus a cow that's half your army you can do 30 sentinels mm-hmm. that's three quarters of your army you do a unit of wardens and a unit of i don't know dawn riders or something that's yeah. you've basically got 250 points left so then you do a cathalara and a stone mage and you're done yeah that's it yeah like you literally you paint yeah two big things and then you paint two small foot heroes you paint five horses you paint 10 spears and then Mm. you just smash out 30 archers so i've got yeah i've got the 10 spears i've got a unit 10 archers so far and and i've got the horses um so but so you have to have to to make I can't remember. You have to have two units of wardens, don't you? Yeah, you for every up, unit you of wardens. You always end up having yeah. four battle line, don't you? Because you can't, yeah. for every unit, have a unit of Dawn Riders and a unit of Sentinels. It's one or the other, isn't it? Yeah, so I think okay. I've already got the Dawn Riders, so I'll just paint them. So I think I just need to get buy another unit of wardens so I can have the right. Sentinels, wardens, wardens. So you just have 20 Sentinels. Um, yeah, 20 Sentinels, 20 wardens, um, five horses, and then... Yeah. yeah the heroes and i've got um uh, what's his name uh eltharian the light of eltharian as well oh yeah. yeah might be able to fit him him in i think he's quite a cool model just do 10 um, sentinels yeah well that's all i've got <laughs> that's what make, i've got at the moment just so make, friends, just, make friends make probably... friends 10 sentinels yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um yeah and it'd be it'd be cool to um, learn a new army as well um it's something that i've it's a new army that i've wanted to paint mainly as a, a painting thing because i think the models are awesome and i've got a i've got a soft spot for the high elves um some of the first models i painted when i was like 14 um and i just love the lore 
always have loved the law of the high elves and stuff. So Illumineth being the spiritual successors of that faction kind of is why I'm kind of returning yeah. to that kind of kind of thing. It's got nothing to do with uh, how good they are on the table, believe me. <laughs> There's a little bit of that. <laughs> I, but the thing is, I don't. Uh, like it's I, not, the, it's I, not my primary reason. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have done it like like when they came out. Like, yeah. I would have smashed it out. And but also, I don't think that Lumineth are like, I don't think they're like a, I don't think they're a dominating army at all, if any. And also, like, the armies that generally were up there, every, every single list had 30 Sentinels in. And so, mm, yeah. ob- obviously, they've had a big points hike, right? So they're now, like, pr- pretty expensive. You still probably see the 30 in the lists that are up there, but they've had a knock, and the Unleashed Hell is nowhere near as, as effective Sounds as good. it was. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't think anyone would be like, oh, power gaming, taking Lumineth, especially <laughs> if you're basically doing a, like, a one of everything list yeah like yeah and i don't know if that kind of list it really builds into like techless's strengths for example because you don't have that one thing that you like positioning is key i can guarantee teleporting this unit wherever it needs to be every turn kind of thing and i can double move another like if you're just going like 10 of these 10 of these five of these the hero a hero hit like it i don't really think that personally leads into the the super strong competitive builds yeah, um, that, that, that could come later if I if I get a, if a taste for it, um, and it'd be so, it could just be another one of those. It's just going to be another army that I'll have in my cabinet that I'll add units to here and there, like I am with my um, with my other death armies and the, you know with the night haunt and my two death armies. So yeah, yeah. But no, I think it's yeah, it's just getting to that initial two thousand. You know. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Like it's still. Yeah, you've basically got a two thousand point army to paint in like two months, and like yeah. you're not trying to like you're not trying to airbrush concept army it. Like you're you're trying to proper paint it. So like it, yeah. Any mm. army to proper paint in that time period when that's not your full time job is going to be challenging. But like yeah. I think if you if you set your mind to it, you can get it done. Yeah, I think or at least get most of it done. And also it depends on if the other people in the competition can get it done as well. So. <laughs> You might just have to be based on who's done the most. <laughs> we'll see that's how we true. go. <laughs> yeah, no, that's funny. But yeah, so you've got a fair few projects that you want to do. Like... Yeah, this is like I've I've peeled back intentionally peeled back projects over the last couple of years because I um, wasn't enjoying painting for deadlines. Never have. So I've, I've done it again this year and finding out. <laughs> you know, after a couple of years of not painting that in that way, but, but like I've painted a lot less, but I feel like I've painted to a better standard overall. Um, and I've enjoyed it a lot more, but now this year's come around. I'm like, I really want to get more models painted and I want to um, try some new stuff. And so I've gone, fuck it. Let's just, let's just be a hobby, a hobby butterfly this year and just, just go wherever my little hobby heart leads. If I if I want to try something new and do something different, I'll I'll get it and I'll try it and I'll paint up paint it. And if I don't paint it all in one go, so be it. Move on to the next thing. <laughs> Come back to it later. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just yeah. don't limit. Stop stop putting restrictions and limits on myself. Um, so yeah, I've just got to find that balance. So I've gone all the way back to like being very strict on myself and staying committed to it a project and nothing else but that project to like, okay, let's open it up and have several going and 
see how that goes and i'll find a happy medium somewhere along the way <laughs> yeah no yeah. cool yeah so they're my hobby goals for the year um i've got rough timelines but um but yeah what about yourself man um like i yeah like when my when our renault's are done and i've kind of got my hobby room which i think we're i think we're still probably a couple of months away from um Mm, yeah. so um but like when when that's in place it's kind of good in a way because as much as i want to be hobbying right now like i'm so busy at work at the moment um like uh, I'm, I'm i'm kind of i've taken on a bit i'm doing more than just like my normal job at the moment to kind of cover capacity like i'm trying to cover some of the capacity in my team so i'm like i'm, I'm helping them by taking on basically overtime myself so like I, i'm I I think I could do my normal job in like nine to five, but I've basically got this other part of my job that I've volunteered to do for a, a, a bit. Mm. That's yeah. that's probably going on longer than I intended it to, but it, it's meaning that most evenings I'm probably working again, like pretty late. Um, so I'm I'm getting tired from that, but like that's hopefully gonna start closing, like ramping down. I guess over the next month or so, I would hope. Um, so I'm kind of it's almost good that I can't hobby because th 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 I think that would be almost worse for me right now. If I, I had my hobby room set up and I wanted to hobby, but I had to work. Um, so I'm kind of like, do you know what? It, while I can't work, um, sorry, while I can't hobby, like fine, I I I'll work. So I'm hoping that basically me having that finished, um, like I get back to some sense of normal, I guess, nine to five job. Um, will line up with when my hobby room's done so once that happens i, I want to get stuck into stuff and like i say for me it's going to be, be a bunch of just kind of speed paint not necessarily all concept the armies because i want to paint my storm cast like i want to paint some some of the new additions to my old storm cast um and they're all painted like i guess using traditional methods so um i'll want to paint them using traditional methods on things like i've got a couple of dragons like i'm not doing a full dragon army at all but i've got mm. a few of the new dragons and stuff like that which i'll use contrast on 100 because contrast is perfect for them i think um i've got an airbrush stencil which i want to use to do some like mottling and stuff on the skin like quick and easy but yep. to just add, yep. add add some depth and variety and stuff to the models yep. um which will be cool so um yeah i'll paint up two maybe four i i i I own four dragons so that'll be the most i'm not going to buy more than that um so yeah I'll, I'll paint up like four dragons at some point um i want to get all my i've had eight dracoth like um eight dracothian guard since they came out but i only built two of them um which i then like mostly painted um for a tournament years ago so i've just been using those um so i want to mm. build up I want to build up the rest, like my other six as well yeah. and, and, and start painting them up. So, cause like fulminators and I think, yeah, I was going to say some... fulminators. Yeah. I think there's something in te tempestas as well, actually. Um, having played against them recently, I think a unit of four tempestas has got some play. Um, but I mean, mainly it's the fulminator thing. Um, they are very good and like, so yeah, it'd be cool to paint some of them up. Um, I've been building up, um my like dominion box um or boxes so i've built up my indraster i've built up my 20 vindictors 
um because i got two dominion boxes so i've got another yindrasta and obviously the knight of Exila and stuff on sprue which i'll i'll try and sell at some point um but yeah i've i've painted up uh, i built up like um i've still got like the praetors and all the other stuff to build but i haven't put them into lists so really i kind of focused on the stuff that i've written some lists for um like yindrasta and the vindictors and stuff will be a staple in most lists um so i want to paint them up at some point um and then i bought bastion Carthalos. Mm, yeah um yeah. so i want to paint him up and he's the one that i really want to try these golds on um like yeah, to yeah. paint him up in his typical hammers of sigma scheme um so i want to paint him because he's a boss of a model um i'm trying i need to buy a goddess i haven't found one yet but i need to buy a goddess at some point so yeah i basically it's kind of yeah i basically want to do like four dragons four to six more dracoth calves so i've got all eight of them painted um yindrasta 20 maybe 30 vindictors um i might convert some of my liberators because you get a bunch of spare spear arms and i've got 35 painted liberators that aren't gonna see the table anytime soon so i might <laughs> do i might just do some arm swaps because if i literally yeah. just cut off cut off the right arm all i have to do is paint up a spear arm and stick it on them and be like here you go it's a vindictor now <laughs> Yeah. Um, for a bit yeah, of uh, that would work with the arm. I've my first thought is would the arm be too small in scale? Probably look skinny. Like they skinny. Skipped, they've skipped arm day. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. We'll see. They've, Maybe gone, they've gone. to They've gone to the anvil of apotheosis and been issued with half vindictor armor, half. Maybe I'll um lib yeah. armor. I'll have a look and I'll see. No, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'll see if it looks skinny or not. I think the arms are generally the same kind of proportions. It was more that they had like big shoulder pads and their their bodies are, sm are slimmer. But I think if I chuck an arm on, it's probably okay. But anyway, I'll see how we go. If it looks stupid, I won't do it. Um, but, and I'll just maybe get 10 more because I, I have written a list that's got like 30 odd Vindictors in it, I think. Um, so I might get some more. Um Oh, actually, that's what I was thinking. I think the new, I think I saw with the new Warcry book and box sets they announced, there's a um, there's a Thunderstrike box coming out for Stormcast, which I think is like Annihilators with Grand Hammers and Vindictors together in a box. And so I think I haven't seen the the actual prices yet because they've not announced them. But I think like looking at some internet comments, it's potentially basically the cost of just the annihilators the grand hammers anyway so you pretty much get the vindictors for free so mm. i've written a list that's got two like that's got like two times three annihilators with grand hammers in it so i potentially might just buy two of those boxes and that will give me the other 10 vindictors i want as well anyway so yeah um we'll see yeah, cool. um but yeah there's a bunch of stormcast like the newer stuff that i want to paint and add to, add to my existing collection um because the new stuff's good and yeah i want to use it and i've, I've yeah. got the model i've got the models so i want to use them um and then i want to like i want to smash out my concept army for my soul blight um which is like the two-tone um like rattle can so it's like similar in terms of like my deep kin was obviously two-tone that i used rattle cans like top bottom but my soul blight i did a test model um months ago that i'm more than happy with and that again is a two-tone rattle can but this is left to right um so it's basically it's going to be a concept army but it's using basically the battle time cover art so it's the like yeah. red red on the left going to like light blue on the right um so yeah. 
yeah literally i i already went through and i built up all my cursed city and skeletons and stuff um yeah. and Ra radicar and belladama and gorslav um i did them when i was kind of doing my deep kin months ago um so i've got 40 zombies 40 skeletons and yeah those three heroes that are all built and sprayed so they're yeah. all sp they're all sprayed from exactly like the left with red and then from exactly the right sprayed with blue um from just from a rattle can at the moment and then yeah. basically like that's what i did with my deep kin but top bottom with yellow and red but yeah. then then with my deep kin i went and did three shades of airbrushing of both like so i went yellow through like dark yellow through to very pale yellow and then i did red through to light pink through yeah. three different through three different colors so i ended up doing six six colors of airbrushing yeah and and then hand painted all the turquoise and then white onto my deep kin which is like at the time i thought i was basically just going to do a two-tone rattle can army and then ended up making like yeah, putting, a, putting a lot more effort a bit more to the it. army yeah there's always and a I'm, bit more I'm, to it i'm yeah. super pleased with it but yeah. i don't i don't want to do that extra level with the soul blight um and so i yeah i did this test model that's basically the rattle can and then essentially just i then spray from underneath like off to the side on the red side from underneath i just like sprayed a bit of black and then from the top so like bottom left corner essentially i spray up with black and then top right corner i spray down with white um and yeah. then I literally, and then I just got some contrast. I just got red contrast and very li like liberally with a not being neat at all, kind of brushed a lot of it off the brush, but just did red over the red. And then I did like ethermatic blue over the blue just to give it a little bit of depth. So it's not because when you just airbrush stuff or just do it from a can, you get no, you don't get yeah. the same, you don't get the recess contrast. shading. Yeah. yeah like you, mm. you, you you don't get the actual paint i don't know like go into the recesses so yeah. it's like it's like when people like airbrush like tank, tanks and yeah. stuff it, it's very flat color even if it's very neat it's very flat color so just yeah. by adding a wash essentially which is what the contrast does it, yeah. it's just it just gave it a bit more depth but it takes like no time it's so much quicker than and less involved yeah. than what i did on the deepkin um Makes and it a bit more, it. more than like um like say a board game piece or something like that. It's just got that bit more to it. Yeah. And yeah. and that's it. And then the base is literally just paint the whole base like bright yellow and then paint over it with the black crackle paint. So the yellow just gives that's my contrast pop color. Um and it just the yellow with coming through black crackle just kind of gives it that kind of magical kind of raised i don't know like as if they've been raised by unholy energies um sort mm -hmm. of thing but the yellow is it's just a completely pop color to the red and the blue um, then you can go through and paint all the eyes glowing no james no i'm not i'm, <laughs> I'm not adding i'm not adding additional steps to this army especially when <laughs> you, will. I might, you will no especially when i might end up having like a hundred zombies Oh no! How many do I have? I have eight, 120, yeah. 120 yeah, zombies. You're enough for hundred and twenty, yeah. So like, yeah, nah, I'm not doing that. But like, I'll be happy with that, and I think the army will look good on the tabletop. Um, and there'll be the big pieces oh, too, too like Radicar, Belladama, like my Manfred, Neferata, 
they're all going to get the same treatment and stuff. Mm. So, yeah. and then I bought, yeah. I bought another Nagash as well and I'll do, Ooh. uh, nice. cause I've got a Nagash that's painted up for my OBR. So it's like yeah. orange, orange and blue, but Nagash for a big model is one of the cheaper ones. And so I just bought another one <laughs> and now I'm going to, I want to convert him. I've seen a lot of people do the conversion where he's like sitting on the throne. Um, like yeah. so he's he's like sitting down on the throne terrain piece. So I, I kinda wanna I kinda wanna do that, I think. Um so yeah, I'll I'll convert my other Nagash I've bought and then I'll spray him up and paint him the same way. So if I play my OBR, I've got a Nagash to go with my OBR, and if I play my Soul Blight, I've got a Nagash to go with my Soul Blight. Um But yeah, so that'll be that army um that I wanna do as a concept army, and then yeah, Stormcast that I'll do some additions to, like painting, I guess, normally. Um, they're the main, like, they're probably the main, like, they're the main things I want to do. The Soul Blight will be the main army project I want to, like, do, and then I'll do Stormcast bits around that, I guess. Um, I might do, again, like a quick, um, speed paint concepty, uh, thing for, like, my Beast Claw. Um, well, more tribes, but basically Beast Claw um, with Kragnos um, and get like a, I've, I've, got, I've written a list as like Kragnos and four Thunder Tusks, which Oof. I don't know, like it might have some play. <laughs> it's probably not great. It's probably not great, but like it would be fun for me. It'd be one of those armies that you can push around and probably be able to go like two, three, three, two and but just have fun. And I think Kragnos into the meta as well with like, there's loads of fucking Stormcast around and he should be able to hit dragons pretty well. And well, any monster really. Um, and yeah, I think there's like, I've already got a bunch, like I had, cause I'd been buying a bunch of Thunder Tusk and stuff before. I think I'd written like a seven Thunder Tusk army. Um, I haven't bought that many, but I think I've got four. Um, and yeah, with the new War Scroll update for Kragnos, he's a lot better and I think it would be quite fun um and when i was doing my deepkin i'd already thought of basing for my beast claw ogres in general anyway which is going to be is based on like a real life lake i think i might have talked about it briefly before where i've seen like this picture of a, a real world kind of lake that's very like turquoise water that's like frozen mm, yeah. into big big lumps of ice that have like broken up on the surface and then have got like snow drifts over the top. So when I, when I did my deepkin resin pour turquoise bases, um, every time I'd mix up resin, I'd mix up like more than I would need for the number of models I was pouring at a time. And so mm. I would always just pour that excess into spare containment molds I had. So I basically built up this big pile of, circles like of, of base discs of this like greeny blue clear turquoisey kind of resin yeah. um and so what i'm gonna do for my beast core is just over the big bases i'm just gonna like spray the bases white and then put these circles of turquoise onto them and then i'll build up like with the white texture paint that like the yeah. snow valhall and blizzard and stuff like that i'll build up like over half of them to like make like the snow drifts and stuff over the top and that'll oh, be cool. my ba that'll be my basing so it's going to make use of mm. all this excess resin and and stuff like that and it will be pretty quick and easy to do as well because it's basically just 
spray paint a base white, glue a thing onto it, and then put some white texture paint over the top. Um, and the models themselves, I'll yeah, I'll just probably slap contrast over them, and then again, I might even just maybe even with a rattle can, but if not airbrush, I'm just gonna like spray them from the top and cover like with white and cover them in snow, and just to cover like a lot of the detail. You just fuck it. There's 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 texture paint over the top of them. It's snowing. They've got white on them. Be a nice, yeah. quick and quick and easy. I always say quick and dirty, but it'll be nice and white and snowy. Um, yeah. <laughs> army. So yeah, that's another project that I I'm thinking I might do. Um, once I've done the cool. soul blight. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, beyond that, I don't really have any other kind of. I've got another army I want done, but I think I'm probably gonna get. I'm probably gonna get that painted by somebody else like i'm going to commission somebody else to do that which is my cruel boys i I know i know what scheme i want done but i I think i'm just going to commission somebody to do it for me so that won't really be my hobby project so be like a a slow burn someone or would you put a a, like a more definitive finish date for it well i don't know maybe like i'm not really bothered like i'm not like i want this and i want to take this army right now and take it to tournaments kind of thing but i've got the collection i like the models and i want them painted like in this swampy kind of scheme um but again they could be like concepty like it'd be pretty dark like i think you could basically just zenithal them and then essentially cover them in like agrax washes and tints and then kind of just do um swampy basing with um like fluoro green there's like your your pop color for like glowing eyes have like fluoro green in the basing like in the marshes Mm. and stuff i think sean sean b i think kind of how he's done his um his soul blight army he's got this incredible fluoro green stuff going through i basically want to take that skate pretty much want to take his scheme but to a lower standard and just put that across the cruel boys yeah um so yeah because they've got some cool models like i bought a bunch of the trogs and i've got the vulture and i've got i've got so i bought two of the mercia like two mercia monsters when they were on bar and get on free um that are basically alternatives for the crocodile um and then i also bought the crocodile so i've got three models that could basically be crocodile or i could use one of them as the I forget what it's called the the swamp dobby oh, because yeah. I I hate <laughs> I hate that face like it I don't like that at all so I didn't buy that I don't <laughs> want I don't want that model but the actual rules for that model are really good like an eighteen inch bubble for plus one to hit is really good so I've got three models basically that I can say these two are crocodiles or whatever this one's the swamp thing like the marsh crawler slogoth that's it so um. <laughs> either way like i can make these models and it'll be it, it won't be hard to just dis- differentiate between them they all look different so whichever one i go well, this one is the marsh crawler like i think that'd be fine yeah um i think you get much um pushback on that yeah and i've got the vulture like i say i've got i've got like two or three of the um my brute trogoths so i'd want to just convert them and yeah build up the rest of the things i think i've got three three or so of the likes because oh, i bought my dominion halves so i've 
I've got the Cruel Boy stuff from those, and I'd already bought someone else's army that had those. So I've got like three sets worth, I think, for the Cruel Boys, which gives me like my 30 gut slitters and nine, nine bolt boys and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, I've got most of the collection. I think I've got a shit ton of hob, hob grot slitters that can go to the eBay pile. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, beyond that, nah, that that's loads for the year. Like, um, yeah, and, and yeah, like I say, like Sean is commission painting my well yeah basically additions like lumineth so that i'll have a lumineth army as well so i'll have a bunch of armies to hopefully be able to play with this year and yeah my deepkin in terms of gaming deepkin looks like they've just got another update through fury of the deep which is cool because i've kind of been like now nah, i want to move on from them like all my lists are 16 1700 points the same and there's i've never changed that Whereas now the changes they've made have actually opened up like a bunch of different options, I think. So oh, cool. um, I'm actually excited to go back gaming wise and play my Deepkin. And I'm super happy that I painted a whole collection. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, that, that will be cool to go back to them as well. But, um, but yeah, so yeah. that was my, that's my like hobby goals. What about your like gaming goals? Gaming goals this year for me, um, I think just I'd love to make it to at least three two-day tournaments this year. Um, yeah. At least three two days. Um, try and get and do at least one interstate so I can get up to Queensland or down to um, Victoria. Um, I come very we're coming very close to a Victorian one um, for border war, but it will be just on the New true. South Wales side the South Wales, <laughs> of the border. Yeah. So, but um, also that's not that's not too far for travel. So, uh, but yeah, look at, maybe look at coming up to, um, Queensland if, uh, Kobe Vovo, uh, allows or, um, yeah, maybe get down to a, a Bendigo event. I've, I've actually, I haven't actually been down to a Bendigo event yet. So, um, yeah. So either one of the, either one in Queensland or one in, um, in Victoria and then, yeah, two others. So I've already got one covered with Border Wars, but, yeah, so I'll see what else um, comes along. There's heaps of events filling up. So I think it's going to be a point of just taking my pick at some point at a reasonable interval after um, <laughs> Border Wars. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, shame, it's a shame Sydney GTs ended up being, like, the week after because a lot of people won't obviously be able to go to both, like, back-to-back -back weekends. Um, yeah so yeah. you'll you basically go do i want to go to sydney gt or do i want to go to border war so yeah. like I, I think both events will sell out as long as covid isn't a major issue but um yeah yeah it just it just means that typically they probably would have been two events that people would have liked to go to both but they they won't and that's what that's what's going to happen because events have had to be cancelled or postponed in other months mm. and so once we finally can have events, you're going to get a bunch on top of each other, and so be it. It's better to have the events than not, I think. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, and I'd like to make it to to Runax this year, considering we had to pull out last year. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're Palette Warriors. Uh, we're all keen. We're all getting into that booking, getting the point of booking stage, like booking accommodation, and everything, and yeah, then the borders shut again. It wasn't looking good, so unfortunately, yeah, we had to pull the pin. So hopefully, get back there this year. Um, and so there's like a, there's a minimum. That's what I'd like to try and get to this year. Um, as far as running events, we do have Sydney Slaughter 
uh, coming up in June. So you, hear, you heard it here first, folks. Sydney Slaughter again coming along. Uh, so the Queen's Birthday Long Weekend, which I believe is the 11th and 12th of June this year. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. We'll, uh, all things. Start, all we're things gonna start per- getting organised. <laughs> yeah, all things permit. All things permitting, it should be on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we need to. February has appeared. <laughs> yeah, I can't say yeah. it's like it crept up on us, but it has appeared. Um, and I'm like, oh shit, okay, it's like four months. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, we're a bit bit behind there, I think, with COVID and everything and and stuff. But um, yeah, well, yeah, like last year, last year we had that little it. window of like opportunity. Um, and we kind of organized a lot later than we normally would because of those reasons. So, but, um, and we just got lucky. We just had that little golden window of opportunity and that sort of between first and second quarter kind of thing before it all caved in. (laughs) But, um, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd also like to run another Goldman smash one day. I'm, I'm actually tossing up the ideas actually this afternoon as I was driving home from work, just thinking maybe I should do a two day for Golden Smash, Golden Smash 2, make it a two. Golden Smash 2 is a two day. <laughs> so, That'd be cool. Don't know when I would do that though. I'd probably have to do it post slaughter because it's too, it's just too soon um, to start organizing another two day now. So I might do that in the uh, like second half of this year. Yeah. Everything permitting. So yeah run co co run an event with you and run an event here locally in G- in G town so it's kind of like my my uh gaming and tournament goals for this year um but yeah like that's kind of like i guess that's more of tournament goals i guess but um yeah like gaming goals just want to get good with my um get good <laughs> just just want to get good you know just, just like good, general... <laughs> yeah like Get good with the with the Vendrac, get the Vendrac clan, bruh, out on the tables. Um, yeah, um, but I've been, been running a blood Legion of Blood list uh, recently, which I've been quite enjoying. It's just like Neferata, um, Vampire Lord, Zombie Dragon, um, with the martial expertise. Give him the um, command trait that makes him uh, makes when he hits on a six, it's just mortal wounds equal to the yep. damage. So it's Walking Death given him that just making him a beat stick making him martial so he's got that plus one attack yeah um and give him the um soulbound garments which is that minus one to hit um artifact like minus one to hit against him oh okay yeah um so yeah he's just flying around like a beast um and got neferata um doing her thing slaying slaying people in the five up <laughs> she's so good <laughs> i love her she's so good yeah um had a actually had an awesome game with um with uh, Duncan recently. He came up uh, a couple of weeks ago for the day. We um, set up a game out in the battle shed <clears throat> at my place, and <clears throat> he brought a, a city's army, <clears throat> this rad um three D printed army that he'd uh, that he's got, which is uh, yeah like all female dwarves pretty much about ninety five percent female dwarves. Um, he had this awesome go trick. Uh, proxy or like alternative model yeah but um <clears throat> yeah so we just we battled it out um kind of like in sort of set up the table like a okay like we're like we're just inside the city walls like the death the the death army had just breached the walls and was sacking the city and this is the city's defense in fighting through the streets kind of thing um yeah but yeah we had i used that list 
uh, in that game and quite enjoyed it. But um, Gotrek, of course, Gotrek made it through the lines and um, probably, oh, yeah. sl- probably slayed Niferata. He, he loves killing dragons <laughs> and shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they had the they had a duel. Um, uh, she sadly she did not survive. Surprisingly, surprisingly, but then I was able just to mop him up with the Graveguard. Yeah. Oh, Graveguard you know? is the perfect thing against Gotrek. Yeah, they just they just were able. Well, there wasn't even a full unit either. Just like we were able just to swarm him, surround him, and just chopped him to bits. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I wish that kind of had happened before he got to Neferata. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I left I left a gap. <laughs> I got punished for my mistakes. Um, but yeah, so yeah, enjoying that list. It's just it's got twenty skeleton warriors, uh, twenty grave guard, two units of ten skeleton warriors. So there's my battle line and my um my choppy unit and I've got two units of three Vargas for the deep strike and just that harassing backline charges. And they're actually pretty fighty too. So especially those exploding sixes, they're just, they're just a great, great unit. Um, so yeah, enjoying that. I'm really enjoying that list. Bit of shooting, um, but defeated Miasma, Miasma. Um, really love the new, um, that new battle trait where if you're, if a hero fights and then uh, you can pick a uh, summonable unit to fight immediately after in the combat yep. phase, find that's really cool. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm just kind of waffling now, <laughs> but yeah, just want to like get good with my armies and just like stick with lists and just do minor tweaks. Um, so I'm finding this is a cool, uh, cool blood list that I'm enjoying and, um, I have actually played the Vendrak army to its fullest with um, just using uh, the, the a corpse cart and some direwolves from my other army, my other death army, and just subbing them in just to see how the army plays. Um, and I'm quite enjoying it. It's quite a nice, quite a nice army to play with lots of bodies, good resurrection. I've got Gorslav um, in there as well. So, um, and with the Bloodseeker Palanquin as the general, like, kicking ass hunter's snare um for the battle trait um it's great loving it um so yeah just i'm all about i have been all about the you know the home games the garage hammer in recent months so i want to keep continue doing continue doing that this year um so i've had uh, will so uh, i've been mentioning quite a bit lately shout out to you will so (laughs) um he's come over a few times we've had some games in the battle shed and also um at um, Christos, Christo's house, we had a gaming day up on uh, the afternoon. There, um, would like to try and get um, in conjunction with Christo and Wilso as well um, to get the um, Golden Gamers Guild Club Days kind of uh, get get them going again. Like we've been in discussions about what to do with that. Um, just the uncertainty. We haven't we decided to go dive fully into the the once a month. Maybe do like a once a quarter kind of thing. So test the waters with that. So it'd be cool to um, start growing the club again uh, this year. So that's another gaming goal or uh, so that's another thing to factor in. And then, yeah, keep doing the weekly games at the friendly local. And that's kind of like where I'm at with gaming. Um, But yeah, once I get my halfling army painted, super keen to um, play some Kings of War and maybe go to an event there if I can get the army painted, painted up. But it's like one unit of 20 at the moment. So I've got at least another hundred and 
50 more models to paint for this army because <laughs> wow. we're talking like old school rank and flank where you have to paint a lot of models yeah. to, for a full 2000 point army so you know we're talking like legions of blocks of halflings yeah. and mounted halflings they ride these like dogs um there's like dudes with like you know jet packs like um steampunk jet packs and there's like aeronauts and little um like balloons like little like blimps like blimps, like little halfling blimps yeah. and stuff. And there's like guys that ride trolls with like with um, <laughs> rifles on the back of these old trolls. There's like this giant troll with this like kind of big, kind of like almost like big lawnmower thing. It just like <laughs> m- mows its way through, <laughs> it mows its uh, way through your front line. So there's some really like, that's why I've got decided to go for it. Cause I saw these models and I was just like, I need those in my life. Like they just, they just got so much character. They're so much fun. So are they Kings um, of War like official or are they like a, yeah, yeah. The Kings of War official Mantic models. So um, their ranges have come a long way in the last few years I've noticed. Um, so when I saw that, I was just like, boom, yep. Jumped on that. And the quality of the sprues, quality of the models are fantastic. Um, and yeah, they've, I think they've graduated. Um, onto like CAD files and um, hiring different um, sculptors for their newer stuff. Oh my so, God. Yeah, it's please, definitely please, stepping Please tell up. me you have the armored pig tank. Oh yes. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Titan. Yeah. I'm looking at it now. <laughs> yeah. It looks cool. Yeah. I've got that guy and all the different got... characters, like the sorcerer, like sauce. Yeah. Sarah, in his pot. You know? Yeah. And his, yeah. Yeah. His, his uh, cooking pot. Yeah. I can see him. Yeah, but then like, man... this. Where's this troll with a lawnmower? Can't see him. Oh, he's um. Oh, he's on. Are you on the Mantic website? Uh, in Halflings, I, or I am now. You... I was looking yeah. at the the mega It'll... army box. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a in the. He comes as, as a part of the, uh, not the mega army, just the starter army. Oh box. yeah, yeah and, I see him. And he's got his own, um, slot yeah. as well on that's the side. Big, but yeah, that's a big lawnmower. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, they so much cool. yeah, they look better They've than got... I thought. They look better than I thought they would. Cause that's the thing with halflings, like a lot of the old models anyway, cause obviously they're small and like mm. the, the detail and stuff just wasn't really there, but. They're kind oh, of but... like, they're a bit more warlike halflings. These guys, they're not just so much fat and tubby, um, yeah. like yeah. comical, you know, they're not, they're not quite as comical. They're a bit more. Um, a bit more trim, a bit more, uh, kind of, uh, yeah, like more rural, um, like yeah. militia kind of thing. Yeah. I'm looking at the blimps now. Yeah. They're cool. You could yeah. use those as, um, oh, what are they? The grudge bombers like in Sigma. Yeah. Yeah. But they're terrible now, but, um, yeah. Yeah. There's definitely like potential for a city's army in these models as well. I yeah. think. You can definitely adapt some of them, like at least some of the units to your army if you yeah. want to go down that track. Yeah, no, they look cool. You got and like howitzer, like, howitzers and like, so cheap. Um, like artillery like, and stuff. Yeah. They're so oh, cheap yeah. For, how, for how much you get as well. I've got all the models for this army in, I think I've got everything I need for this army in a, around 500 bucks Australian. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, that halfling Iron Beast for forty dollars looks awesome yeah 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 it's got like the dude on the back on the top who's like cooking up something on the on the back of the uh the the steam engine that's running this thing 
Oh my god, how good are they? That like this is just like a KO army waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah. You so can tell there's a, there's definitely a bit of KO influence in those guys, yeah. But just minus the um the balls, like the, the yeah. floaty, floaty orbs. <laughs> the ether okay, engine. Yeah. I, def- I definitely want to see this army painted up. Yeah, and I'm doing box art's p- c- color scheme as well. I normally don't go the box art, but I'm doing the yellow and gold theme. Um not box exactly. Art yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing the exact the same, but I'm yeah I'm I'm doing I'm taking that green and gold theme with like kind of red um, pop colors. The forest um, trolls look great in particular. Yeah, they are cool, aren't they? You can take trolls and t- take trolls in this army. Yeah, yeah, they look really cool. Like I love that iron beast. You could definitely do a KO like army out yeah. of this as well. Yeah, 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 definitely. They're cool. Yeah, I've oh, been gonna... I've been reading into the the like. All the background lore as well for Kings of War. Just, I think I'd like to know and get a feel for the the world that I'm um, building the army in. So helps uh, helps guide my enthusiasm and and just yeah, I just I need to be immersed in it to really enjoy the painting of it as well. So yeah, the world of Panathor is is quite a cool place too. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the halflings yeah, right. are kind of have their have their place in it all. So. They kind of branched off. They were part of like a previously a part of a different um, sort of sub faction without like combined with men and things like that. But they've um, finally got their own um, force now, their own army devoted to them, own um, army list and units and models and stuff. So I thought, yeah. why not go for it? Why not just dive in? <laughs> I think I've definitely missed that they've released like a lot of newer models. Like, because I've mm. looked at Kings of War stuff before as like alternatives to like GW, like cheaper. Oh, yeah. But yeah. they were definitely older. I've not looked mm. in mm. a few years probably now, but like, yeah, they've definitely got a heap of newer models that look cool. Like this Basilian Phoenix in the Salamander range, that would be like an amazing Flamespire Phoenix alternative. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And stuff like, yeah, cool. Yeah, they got some cool concepts. You know, Rat King. I think the Ratkin yeah. Mega Army or their their Rat King faction is all is fairly new as well. Uh, their dwar- I've always loved their dwarves. They've always been cool. They've got a badass um, alternative giant. If you're looking for a giant as well for you for for you um, Gargant lovers out there. Oh yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, he looks cool. Abyssal dwarves are like one of their main like so like yeah. I've seen people buy that well. army for Chaos dwarves. Night Stalker they... Army, which is kind of like all like monsters and um, you know, there's like pumpkin head guys and <laughs> oh, really? like these like these void monsters, like they kind of come in like it's you know, like Stranger Things. There's the void, or there's that alternative, the upside down yeah. world, or whatever. It's like yeah, all these all the creatures that live in that kind of realm sort of seep into reality so that's the um oh they've got some wicked hex wraith alternatives within that range night stalkers soul flayers yeah monsters like zinchi kind of looking flaming flamer things uh, scarecrow love, looking things i love the pumpkin scarecrow unit yeah like i was gonna do i was talking to ash like last oh, probably a few years ago now when we were playing blood bowl i just love the pumpkin orange blood bowl dice um yeah yeah. for the necromantic team and i i was just playing them and i was like i think i want to do my nurgle as like pumpkin head 
guys. And so then <laughs> I, I started like looking like I found this like resin pumpkin head things that you could get. And I was like literally ready to be like, yep, I'm going to buy loads of these. I'm going to cut all the heads off my plague bearers. And I'm just going to do this like pumpkin head Nurgle army. These guys are cool. I could, and they're like rotting. I could definitely do that buy some of these guys for Nurgle. Yeah. One of their more recent factions is the Northern Alliance, which is very much a, a um, kind of wildlings army from Game of Thrones. Yeah. But they've got like ice elementals. They've got, um, you know, polar bear chariot things or just polar bear units. Sorry. Oh, no, yeah. sorry. Tundra wolves. Sorry. My bad. They look like bears. Um, yeah. Frost giants, a chimera. They just got some cool, some cool units and just variety and stuff. Yeah, that's wicked. Um, oh yeah, that troll. frost giant. That frost giant. That's super cool. Trolls and stuff like, just a great mishmash of. If you love fantasy, you'll you'll love yeah. this stuff. That chimera is great. Yeah. And of As course, well. all the undead stuff's cool too. Um, like, I've had their zombies for for years. I've gravitated to the the mantic zombies over GW G dub ones. Yeah. That's wicked. I'm definitely gonna like look through all these if I'm looking for like alternatives in future. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, there's heaps of cool stuff in there. And yeah, they, they have come they have come a long way um in recent years. So um yeah, definitely well worth a look yeah, on the Mantic wicked. website. Yeah, cool. But yeah, like so touch base with um some some people in the um, Kings of War scene, like, um, oh, yeah, went to CanCon <laughs> this year, minus the Age of Sigmar event. Oh, yeah, you did, yeah. Yeah, um, how was just... that? Because, like, obviously it's a big thing that we go to every year, but you don't normally, like, necessarily see that much of the convention because most of your weekend is spent playing Sigmar. So, like, what was it, what was, like, what was the convention like without such a big event? as Sigmar has been anyway, like over 200 players. And then like, what was it like seeing the stalls and stuff? Yeah. Like, well, it was, it was a lot smaller, like in general, it the size and the amount of people that were, were there was, uh, it was like, yeah, a lot less than what, what we've seen in previous years. Um, and yeah, the main hall where, where we've been playing Age of Sigma was pretty spread out and with, uh, it was mainly just sort of like a smattering of um, historical gamers, like 15, 15 mil scale, um, some 28 mil scale stuff. But yeah, they were just kind of like spread out and they were all just heaps chilled. There was the 40k uh, friendly event. So there was like, you know, 40k stuff happening over there. It wasn't heaps huge. Um, pretty sort of, you know, maybe 50 to 50 to hundred players on that side. <clears throat> um, but yeah, like there was the bold action crew who are always there. Um, and I think the game system that impressed me the most out of that were you know, competing on the day was, um, the star Wars, uh, 28 mil game. What's it called again? Um, Legion. Oh, Legion, that's it. Yeah. So le they, they had a Legion tournament and their tables looked fantastic. Like they'd, uh, you know, they had like the Naboo table and they had like the, you know, the beach table. They had this table, they had that table. They had the um, Tatooine desert themed tables with all like the terrain was kind of spread out across two gaming tables. 
So they yep. pushed two two games together and had one big long kind of battlefield, obviously split in two for the two games going on, but the terrain continued over into oh yeah the table and meant one cohesive environment kind of yep. thing. Um and it was just super cool. I think the Naboo table was my favorite, actually, because they had the like, you know, the big green domes yep. and the buildings and everything. And um, yeah, the models were cool, just that everyone loves Star Wars, right? Who doesn't love Star Wars? Um, it's it, <laughs> uh, and so I think they, they really brought their, their hobby a game to the, um, to the convention. Um, so I was really impressed with them, really, uh, enjoyed just having a, having a walk around, um, uh, met up with Brant. Um, we, we oh, yeah. went in together and hung out for the day. Um, also, was it, was it also still came in the as well. same place or not? Cause yeah, still the same it, place. Um, what, isn't it a yeah. drive-in testing place now? <clears throat> It was, it was, um, but not anymore. So it's over oh, right. that testing place. So <clears throat> it's just gone back to the convention. But you know how they've had, the, they've got those connecting walkways that go between the convention centers? Yep, yep. Um, so those were all blocked off. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do you want to get some water, mate? Yeah, I might grab some water. Should we just take a quick yeah. little break? Okay. Yeah. back from the break there just a very quick seamlessly edited few minutes there <laughs> um but yeah so the uh cancon where were we yes so a lot smaller different kind of um feeling there um yeah the main gaming hall where sigma normally is is very much just spread out with a few different historical games legion bolt action and um the 40k uh friendly that was happening there uh, so yeah, it was just heaps chilled. Very, it's, it's a lot more chilled vibe, and actually being able to kind of just walk around and look at all the stalls was quite nice for a change. Um, obviously, being at CanCon, you just you're there for the gaming, you're having a blast, just rolling dice all day. Um, but you, it's hard to try and get those, get out and see the uh, the rest of the convention um, usually. So it was cool just to walk around and just chill. Um, yeah, so met up with uh, Brant and we. Went and um, with Wilso as well. And we went up to the the buy swap and sell, which is always a real popular um, section at CanCon. Yep. Um, so I found a gem, a few gems up there, and um, actually a, a port purchased um, from Battlefield Accessories. Uh, they, he, he had a stall there. Uh, one of those, it's kind of like this MDF constructed uh, light system for my hobby desk. So I, I posted that up. Um, on the Facebook group and on my Instagram um, last week or whatever, when it was, but um, yeah, it's kind of like this archway with led lights that just sits over the top and gives you like brilliant lighting. So um, I've added that to my desk, got more paints. Um, I don't think I actually bought any miniatures while I was there. I found, I got a, a book, uh, actually a Kings of War related book um, and a, I got a mystery box. Uh, of game like of um board oh, yeah. games yeah. yeah so that actually and ended up with um talisman uh 
but like Kingdom Kingdom Hearts, which is like a Disney version of Talisman. So I was like, okay, okay, cool. (laughs) Give it a go. (laughs) Um, And a couple of other card games, which look quite cool. So I'm going to give them a go at home um, with Sam and and friends when, uh, when the occasion arises. But... Yeah, it was a good day overall. I I have to admit that a little little part of me was well, a, a large part of me was quite sad that we wasn't a it wasn't Age of Sigma there this year. But yeah, that's just how it goes sometimes. Um, things rise, things fall. There's go through different phases and seasons. So this this year was not the season for Age of Sigma to be at CanCon. So yeah, um, like I think co- like COVID and everything like willing anyway like it mm, I, mm. I, i'm not sure it would have been like yeah obviously clint kind of had said that he wasn't running it this year anyway but like even if he even if he was going to rerun it like i just don't i don't think it would have been the right time to do a 220 player exactly event yeah. anyway yeah. like covid was is still going on like it was a big thing back yeah. in back in january as well so like i don't I, I, I don't think it would have happened anyway, to be honest. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and like they, you know, I was, I was talking about the different, how they have those passageways that go between the different pavilions. Those are all blocked off. Um, of course, marks, masks were mandatory, um, but you had to, um, there's only one way in, one way out of each pavilion. So, if you want to go across the next one, you had to go out the exit, walk out the car park, okay. walk out, then go to the next, the next one kind of thing. And that's how they were kind of, managing numbers across the, the yeah, holes okay. i don't really know if that made much much difference or anything but um yeah but that's just the way that we're doing it um but yeah it's just cool wandering around um saw some really cool uh 10 mil or 15 mil um scale fantasy miniatures so like came tiny ones so yeah like so close to dropping you know, a couple of hundred bucks and a full fantasy army at that scale <laughs> as well. But um, like managed to stop myself uh, from doing that because it's like, when am I going to actually get around to doing this? I've got enough models in my cupboard and things to do terrain to last me at least two years, I think. Yeah. <laughs> if, I didn't, if, I didn't, if I didn't buy another single mini- miniature, I would I would have something to paint for at least, you know, for the foreseeable future pretty much. Yeah, so, like I don't. For me, the small scale does not grab me at all. Like it puts it's the complete other direction. Like it completely puts me off. Mm. Um, like I nah, I I like the direction GW's going in, where they're like twenty eight mil is more like thirty two mil kind of scale. Like mm. bigger models generally easier to paint. Like it's easier to have better detail and them and stuff than the tiny ones. Um. The tiny ones are so cute, though. They're so good. Like the grave guard, the skeleton warriors, like they just got, they're just like kind of like, oh, they're, they're, they're brilliant. Um, yeah, okay. So I, I think I will get some at some point, but I just, I, I was able to resist the temptation while I was there. But we did, like, Bram was the same, like, but we did walk past that stall at least five times to have another <laughs> look at it. <laughs> just haven't, just going to have another look. Let's just have another look at it, you know. Too funny. Well, we stayed pretty. We stayed strong there. The more, the longer we waited and didn't didn't go through with it, the easier it got. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah. 
Well, that's um, good at least. Yeah, Combat Company was there as usual. Um, so, so good day to Kashan and Steve. Shout out to those guys, um, sponsors of Sydney Slaughter. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was um, from <clears throat> some other guys. So from Chris, Christo said like the vibe of CanCon this this year was a lot like what it was about ten years ago. Okay. So had a bit more of an earlier CanCon feel apparently. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, I guess, good in a way as well. Had a more of a cut, like a more smaller community feel. Um, we did go up and check out the painting competition, um, which has been in the same spot each year that that I've been there. Um, and oh yeah, just checked out the busts and the different models that were on display up there, and just that that next level, like absolute off the charts, talented um, painters who are out there. Um, there's so many of them. Like I didn't, you don't, you don't realize, but we got so many of them here in in Australia, um, yeah. Canberra, and people traveled to be there and stuff as well. But um, <clears throat> I took a photo of all all of the models, and it was just a real joy to to check it out. Um, so that was one of the highlights, actually. <clears throat> but yeah, so CanCon was great. Um, we ducked over to a different venue. Um, cause the Kings of War premier event, uh, clash of Kings was happening that weekend as well. So they all descended from all over, all over the place, um, for their annual event. So we went, went and checked out the event there, um, had to walk around and chat to a few of the players, chat to one of the organizers, Matt Croger. Um, so yeah, just kind of got a feel for their vibe. There was, um, crisis protocol, was being played in that same venue as well. And they've got like this quite cool place there. It's the technology park, which is literally just around the corner from, from where CanCon is held. <clears throat> they've got a bar yeah. in there, like all that kind of stuff. So they game regularly in, in that location. So um, that was quite cool. And that was, um, we sort of split from there, but that was, that was CanCon. A um, lot smaller, a lot more. Yeah. Was told it was a lot like very similar to the feel of it, um, you know, 10 years ago. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely, right. definitely missed, uh, missed, um, Edge of Sigma being there. <laughs> yeah. Was 40k was still there, you said? <clears throat> yeah, it was a 40k friendly. So, um, it was just, um, bring whatever you want. Like, yeah, it was just kind of a mishmash of painted, unpainted models and whatever. And okay. It was just a, a cash event, yeah. I think, probably just to get people together and roll yeah. some dice kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. It was. <sighs> It was kind of weird because it was like um, it was this thing where like every year, like yeah, CanCon, CanCon. Mm. So like I felt like I would have been like the hype was oh, real. The oh hype no, is, the, yeah. Oh, there's no CanCon. There's no. And then to be honest, it got to that weekend and like <clears> people <throat> were like posting little things about CanCon and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot it's CanCon this weekend because we were, <laughs> yeah. Because we weren't going, like I genuinely just didn't have that that hype and stuff. But like mm. that being said, yeah. I think if if it got back to like it being a two hundred plus player event, I definitely think it would get that hype back and like I'd 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 hundred percent go. But I didn't, I guess, because it wasn't on. Like, but I didn't find myself being like, oh, I'm like I should be at CanCon this weekend, kind of thing. It was just like, yeah. oh yeah, I I, mm. I forgot CanCon was even happening. <clears throat> Honestly. Well, didn't she didn't she go somewhere else that weekend? Wasn't that the same was that the same weekend as Goldcon? Oh yeah, probably. That's, yeah. That, 
was it the same weekend? I don't know. Or it was, oh, it was around that time. Maybe. Yeah. yeah it probably would have been. Was. I don't even know. Maybe that's why. I'm probably just um, completely wrong. I knew it was around that time. Maybe maybe not the same weekend, yeah. but. But yeah. So yeah, before, I mean, yeah. Um, that's probably a good segue. Like I had, in terms of games and tournaments and stuff, like I had Goldcon, um, obviously, like recently. So that ended up being like 30. Like I think there was quite a few people, obviously, that dropped out um even like just the day before because of i think covid concerns and stuff um so it ended up being like 30 odd people but i th- i think that event size was fine um it was a um irresistible force um at logan um which they've got another room now <clears throat> as well which is cool so like uh, which i didn't know about until i rocked up um so they've expanded now. So they they started with like the main shop, which had a side room, which has a side room rather, which they were originally, that was their gaming space. Then they got one of the other shop fronts basically in that complex as well. Like that is a gaming room. Um, and then just recently, they've also got another one that's next door on the left-hand side to the original mm-hmm. shop that's all open up. So they've now got like two basically gaming rooms plus the shop over kind of two rooms which helps them cover more stock and so obviously they've expanded they've got their marvel crisis protocol section they've got their star wars legion section they've obviously got loads of aos and 40k and then they've got like all the models are in like one side yeah and then they've got like all their paints and stuff in the other plus some of the other models things like your kings of war and um like mantic and and things like that um, so they've got a big collection there now, but yeah, having two games rooms as well just helped. It helped spread obviously the numbers between the two rooms, so it wasn't like super super cramped. Yeah, um, which was good. Oh, cool. um, nice. But yeah, no, it was just fun to get a weekend tournament in. Um, uh, like I ended up taking Living Cities because uh, I've been playing my cities a lot, um, and yeah, I took I took Living Cities. Um, they've been doing well recently, um, but like. And I took two fulminators, which generally it's been people have been taking living seas with fulminators and stuff. Um, but I just had the two painted up, so I just took two. Um, yeah. And I guess took more of a traditional. I guess to be honest, it's it kind of. It's the city's lists of the past, like bridging, mm. bridge like Saltscreen Bridge, Iron Drakes kind of thing was generally like cities list you saw they were really strong and like i i thought they were like good myself but then like i've had some games with it and like also like the metas changed the armies have changed um and then i and i know like iron jaws are really strong and they present a problem for that list because they can cross so much distance in a single turn like they don't need a double turn you can't stay away from them um and they hit like an absolute truck um and then stormcast with the dragons like they also like they're heavily armored they hit like a truck they can double move like they can get to you in a turn um long strikes and all all that jack like stormcast i knew would be a challenge and i knew it would be there um iron jaws i knew would be a challenge and i knew they would be there and so like i saw the list review show and then i was like yeah Iron Jaws, Stormcast, and but like all the lists seemed right, really strong. And I, I said to like Scott picked my list and me, 
as um one of the people that would be like right up there and do really well and and stuff and i was like oh okay no fucking pressure then like because i i genuinely was just like i i i want to go like i'm gonna take a list that i know has got tools and i think is decent but it wasn't what i was thinking was like the strongest thing ever but it was also more i was just going for five games i had no kind of oh, i'm going to try and do well at this tournament and i had no like i guess designs myself that that was what i was up for and then yeah obviously i got picked as like one of the people that should be up on the podium or over the end and then i was like oh bloody hell okay i guess i'm supposed to be um but then the list came out and like i said to scott before the tournament i said honestly i reckon i could go two three this weekend like iron jaws are a problem stormcaster a problem blah 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 blah, blah, yeah. blah. <laughs> um and then i ended up going to i ended up going two three for the weekend just so I called it. <laughs> which <laughs> which literally is it's like in terms of gaming like it's my second worst performance ever the only tournament i've done worse than that was the canberra one at jolt games where i took my obr and went like oh where did i go that I was went like, um end of the every winter yeah i think i went one one three or something like that <laughs> like oh man yeah yeah that's the, that's and so yeah two three is like yeah the second worst i've ever gone um albeit a good like two of the games i lost were like pretty close there was like one of my games was just a stupid positioning thing where i just didn't declare intent of where i put a model of them because it was flying and terrain we said oh let's like i'll put it here but we kind of said, "Oh, he's there. I'll just, I'll just put it here." But then I hadn't declared intent when I put it down to be like, "Oh, it's in range of both of these objectives." And normally I'm really good with that stuff, but I just because I guess hey, it was game one, and I just wasn't really in the like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm trying to play to win this." And I, like, yeah. I moved them, I measured it and moved the model, and was like, "Oh, it can definitely be within six of both objectives." So I'll just put it there. But literally, it was a thing where it's like a, it's a big model on a flying base with the terrain it was going to stand on it wouldn't like it wasn't going to sit there so we just kind of put it up behind but then mm, yeah when it because i didn't then when we put it there have that agreement of it's within range of both when we then measure to the objective when i need it to be within six of one of them it was like 6.5 where it was actually sitting because if you're then measuring it because you've not said intent you have to go with where the model's actually sitting and so then when mm, we measured it, it was yeah. like it was like half an inch out. But what that meant is that the, yeah, right. I it meant I didn't score that objective for three turns in a row. So it was like an eleven point swing in the game, um, or something. Yeah, yeah, because it was it was bottom of three, and then it was four and four, and it was on Star Strike where they're worth the number of the rounds. So I I yeah. I then didn't get that objective. And if that model was in range, I would have had it for all three of those turns. Yeah. Um, so it caused an 11 point swing and in the end i on points it was super close like this was against gabe and his iron jaws and i <laughs> what i ended up being one point ahead on the game and that was literally from me having killed his more crusher so it got me the extra point from <clears throat> killing a monster oh wow <laughs> both of us both of us scored our battle tactics every turn like the score was exactly equal but i had i was one ahead because i killed a monster and we've yeah. been talking talking out the last turn like okay yeah that's it and then scott came over and he's like yeah and we said the point and i'm like yeah i'm one up and then scott goes and grand scrap grand strategy and then we both just went oh yeah shit 
and we just we hadn't even we'd completely oh. forgotten about grand strategies and hadn't thought about it and gabe's was like have battle line alive which he still had a ton of mine was yeah. a stupid mine was a stupid one of control more terrain features and i didn't so oh, gabe okay. gabe then yep. gabe then got, got his, yep. his grand strat and i didn't get mine. So, so i ended oh, up wow. losing losing by two points um oh. <laughs> but yeah it was it was one of those dumb things where like literally I don't I, I don't feel like I misplayed that game. Like I played it right. It just was a I moved my model and when I moved it I measured to be like, oh yeah, it's easily within six of the two objectives. But then when I just put it down, it was one of those dumb things where I didn't say my intent is that it's within six of both. And then when we measured it, it was less than half an inch out. And I was like, Oh well, I didn't say intent, that's where the model is, so be it. And that was an eleven point swing in the game. But yeah. um <laughs> That was really good. I hadn't played Gabe before, and I like I grudged him when he he said, "Oh, who wants to play?" And I was like, "Yes, let's do it. We haven't played. Let's do it." Yeah, um, cool. e e Even though I knew he was playing, actually, I don't I don't think I knew he was playing freaking Iron Jaws, but obviously he ended up playing Iron Jaws, and I didn't want to be playing Iron Jaws with my list. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, no, it was a good game. Um, like, I still I think I played that one well, but Gabe also played it well. I told yeah, him, cool. I told him at two. Because I won the priority and then I ummed and ahed because I knew there was something he could do to essentially pretty much zone the entire board out of my like coming on from the board edges. Yeah. I just, I had a feeling he wouldn't see it and wouldn't do it. So I took a risk and gave it away and he didn't. And then I oh. told him after, <laughs> and he, I told him afterwards, I was like, okay, good. There was a thing you could have done and come aggressive, and you could have zoned like basically the entire board at me if you had. And I was really praying when I gave you the turn that you wouldn't see it. So I'm glad you didn't, but like, <laughs> yeah. it didn't it didn't matter in the end. He won it anyway. But um, now that was a, that was a good fun game. Um, like that was one of the games where like actually the Iron Drakes did the right thing. Like I kept just mispositioning across all my games with like putting the bridge down and then where I needed them to then be. Like I kept getting in my own way and. And stuff like that so i wasn't playing it brilliantly either but like i had my turn where i was like okay i'm just gonna point and click at the more crusher now and i got my rend off i got my double shots off my monsters like i still just killed it to the wound but mm, like yeah yeah I, I, I killed it and the output worked like because i didn't need to like rely on a bridge and i had my turn where the more crusher was in place and then it was my turn um by giving away the double kind of thing um yeah but like generally across the week i then played so after that i then played um i think barry like a, a pretty new guy and again scott was like oh you'll probably win this one like he's quite new um and he had basically an all all dracoth cav stormcast army new is in so, like new to tabletop but been playing tts religiously for the last six months no like genuinely like new to the game <laughs> like we okay so um so spoiler alert i lost that game too and we finished and oh. he was like he he was like that's the first game i've won <laughs> hey good good for him <laughs> that's good so, so i was just laughing because i'm just like oh scott <laughs> like you had all these grand designs on me and i'm just like no no but like um <laughs> so that his list was literally two dragons um so it was two dragons a unit of four fulminators a unit of four tempesters and then i think it was just a, a two more of fulminators so but still i think he had like 10 dracoth cav two dragons 
a Toralon and a Celestin on Dracoth. So it was like all super nice. elite. Super yeah. elite, like at least six, if not eight, Fulminators. I can't remember how many, but like plus dragons for the double move. Um, but basically, normally with my list, like that Living Cities list, I'd like, I'd take the Hurricane and I'd take the 20 Drakes and stuff. Like I'd, I'd take them off the table so they're safe. And then I bring them on at a board edge in range. I can drop the Drakes down. They get their double shots. I shoot at what I want and it's pretty good. But like against his list, I was deploying and I knew the dragons could double move. So I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to put put a screen. But I was like, other than the double move, I can zone out him dropping like nine away from me kind of thing with Scions. I'm going to be a, like, basically, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a little bit greedy here because I don't really think he can get me turn one. And I also was pretty sure he was going to give me turn one. So I w- if someone's going to give me turn one, because they pretty much always were, because my list was like a thousand drops. Um, <laughs> I want like my my strongest thing is if I've got my Hurricane and my Drakes, my Rune Lord on the table so that I can put the like plus one rend buff onto them and then I can bridge them because the bridge range is massive so I can then bridge them where I want them and shoot the right target without being restricted to a board edge kind of thing um and not and not have the extra rend um so I like I I set up a screen of iron breakers and then like a good three and a half four inches back I put my hurricane kind of thing um and then I put my iron drakes I put my 20 iron drakes like way off to the side um so that I was like, I can still I can still use my bridge from that range, but like his his dragons and stuff, even with the double move, can't can't get them. So I was like, I can set them up here. The Rune Lord can give them the buff. I'll be able to bridge them because the whole thing is I'd made the bridge super reliable by making yeah. the Hurricane and the General solely for the purpose of being able to take the reroll cast thing, yeah. and then yeah. obviously he gives. He give he I naturally have plus two to cast the bridge because he gives himself plus one and then you get plus one to cast endless spells. So as long as I roll a four on a re-roll, and then if there's arcane, it's on a three with a re-roll to get the bridge off. Like it's super reliable. Um I was like, okay, cool. And then he was like, I'm gonna take first turn, and I was like, okay. Um and so then his dragons obviously his dragons obviously double move but come into my screen um and then he'd taken the because he didn't have long strikes in the list so he hadn't taken the um normally you see six long strikes and they have the double shoot thing yeah um but obviously because he didn't have any he hadn't taken the double shoot holy command so the holy command yeah Yeah. so the holy command he'd taken lets him run and charge once per game with a unit so then so then he auto six runs four full me's so they go 16 and then there was a bit of he kind of did all that we moved on and then he shot with them and that ended up with their mortal wound breath killing eight of the 10 iron breakers so then the dragons were able to make their charge and get into the hurricane which then we did the combat and it took like seven wounds and i was like fuck my screen's gone the dragons are into the hurricane like it's basically it was still alive but like yeah. it was nearly dead, so I'm going to lose my mortal wound output, like all this stuff. Then we basically finished his first turn, and then I was like, "Oh, hang on, can does that command ability let you run and shoot and charge?" And he was like, "Oh, oh no, you can't." 
shoot you can't okay. run <laughs> so then we were like okay fine like let's just reset basically you killed eight models with your breath attack from the dracoths that you wouldn't have been able to do so i was like we'll just put those eight back in which means that the dragons when they charged would have been stuck on my screen and i'm like we yeah. should be fine here but i was like obviously you can roll your charge though for your fulminators and but they need like a 10 inch charge he just goes 11 inch well, charge yeah okay <laughs> yeah, get, the way. Get, gets the gets two of the fulminators in those two fulminators obviously kill off the eight anyway so then at that point we we're like okay well then you could just use your pile in with your dragons into the hurricane so then we could skip all the combat and we're like okay fine basically same fucking result but now i've got full fulminators also on my objective so <laughs> <laughs> it was probably worse to be honest yeah. um well, and then, it was done properly this time. <laughs> so then I'm like, okay, the Hurricaneum's in trouble, but it's still alive. I can cast my bridge kind of thing, put my buffs off. And then basically the Rune Lord prayer goes off. So I'm like, cool, my two plus up. I cast my bridge on a 10 and then he unbinds it on an 11. And I was just like, oh, God. Oh. <laughs> and now because, because I put them so far off to the side. How good's Wargaming? <laughs> but because i put them so far off to the side to make sure they were safe from a double dragon move plus charge they then weren't within 16 to even shoot the things on my objective and so then from there it was just all downhill because he was on yeah. my objective in combat with the hurricane and i couldn't shoot it with my main bit of output so like i had to bring on my 10 drakes basically on my own board edge to shoot the dragons i managed and then my fulmies and managed to clear off the dragons the two dragons with my shooting from my 10 drakes plus the fulminators yeah. but didn't do anything to the um didn't do anything to the uh his four fulminators so i was still going to have to deal with them and but basically from that point the damage was already done like my big brick of iron drakes was sat there not doing anything on the most important turn and my hurricane and was basically stuck in combat if i needed to use my like mortal wound output etc because i couldn't i couldn't really retreat it um because i needed the mortal wound shots um because i managed to heal it up with life surge but um it just kind of went downhill from there i had one the next turn i needed to kill the torilon my rune lord failed his plus one rend prayer and obviously he had his best day ever so then i underkilled the torilon by like three or four wounds and it just Ugh. but yeah. basically it was just from turn one it was just a complete shocker um like if the bridge hadn't been unbound i think i still would have been fine even with him getting into me on my objective but as soon as that happened i was like well shit <laughs> like, <laughs> the odds the odds of all of this happening but still it was just me being stupid and getting greedy by putting stuff on the table where my normal approach would be keep it off the table and then sure you don't get all your buffs but at least you you can't you beat yeah. You can't be touched, and you can guarantee they come on in range to shoot what you need. So it was just yeah. me being silly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I lost that one. And then game three was Iron Jaws again. So I'd already said if I play oh. Iron Jaws, Iron Jaws and Stormcast, it's going to be tough. And I literally oh, played God. Iron Jaws, Stormcast, Iron Jaws. Um. <laughs> so this was against Brody and. Um, this was a funny game as well. Like I literally was like, okay, I'm going to try and go for, I was like, I'm going to try and go for the one thing, turn two to three to try and auto win it on that point, which means I need to basically be in control of three objectives at the end of turn two. So 
basically what happens is if I'm a, if I'm it because this was the one where as soon as you control all four from turn three onwards, you auto win the game. So basically, with that scenario now, because you can burn an objective on turn three, whoever goes second, if you go second on the second battle round and you control three objectives you're in such a strong position because basically if you win priority you win the game because you just give it to your opponent and then because you're going second you burn the objective you don't control and you win yeah so essentially if you win the priority you immediately win and then if you don't win the priority your opponent knows that they have to give you first turn so that they get second meaning that an objective the only objective you don't control doesn't get burnt. So then you then get a turn and all you have to do is you can leave all of your objectives and just focus on the one you don't have. But um, so that was my plan. But then his like turn one, his more crusher went in and it took off my frost heart Phoenix. And I oh. was like, like it was unlucky. Like my ward saves were like, I failed so many of them. Um, But like, I, like I'd done the math and I was like, nah, shouldn't die. It died. So I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> like I <laughs> he 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 had had a job to do in terms of threatening his objective and like or just holding him up. Nah, he was gone immediately. So I was like, oh, oh dear. Um <laughs> But basically I was like, okay, well I've got my one, I've got this one. And then I had my fulminators and I was like, if I can make the shoot move charge onto one of his objectives, then I can I can potentially clear off the five brutes because he'd moved up. So he only had like five brutes in range. So I was like, if I get my fulminators there and they hit hard, they kill the brutes, I'll take it. Um, so I was like, cool. I was like, this is the only play I've got. Basically, I'm going to try and do this. And if I don't do this, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to lose the game. And then um, <laughs> we get to do it. But then because my general, like my general was off the board or whatever had happened, like I didn't have any CP. But I hadn't really realized and I played my whole turn and then we got to, okay, I'm going to like move now at the end of my shooting phase. And I went, shit, no, I'm not. I've got no CP. (laughs) (laughs) So then I was just like, oh, I can't, I can't move my fulminators. So I was never getting, like, I was never getting this objective um, kind of thing. So like I made the charge and I got into, I got into his other unit of brutes that was coming for mine. I managed to kill a lot of them. Like I killed like seven of the 10, but I still didn't kill them all. And he did have CP, so he could just auto immune them. Um, But anyway, I was like, oh no, this has not gone well. And then he got turn three priority. Um, So I decided to burn the top right that I was never ever going to get to. So then he planted his more crusher on my other one I didn't have. he consolidated like on his back left or was going toward no he just pushed everything forward and he killed off my fulminators and then basically was like he had pigs um and then brutes and obviously all my all my models for scoring are one wound and if brutes are within three inches of you you don't count so i was just like Mm. all he has to do is get a brute into ch- like and then he charged and my stand and shoot from my iron drakes managed to kill his brutes but then he's he still had three pigs that had charged into like i had 10 long beards and like they're ren two ren three or whatever um but he had his three pigs and then basically he uh, like his tactic was to kill them or whatever i can't remember but anyway i was like obviously i'm gonna save my all-out defense and my immune to battle shock for them because 
they have to survive. But anyway, he he whiffed. I managed to kill one of the pigs, I think, with something. So it dropped it down to he had two pigs instead of three when he swung. Uh, he got his activation orders wrong, I think. He went with his more Crusher, obviously killed what that was into. So he did his smashing and bashing on the other side. He picked the unit on the other objective that, that was fighting my 10-9 um, drakes, which I was like, it doesn't really matter. But they failed to kill those Iron Drakes by like two models which meant that he couldn't trigger smashing and bashing again, which gave me the chance to hit him with my yeah, long beards or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And my long beards, my long beards managed to kill off a pig. So then he had two pigs attacking them instead of three. And then they they whiffed and he he needed to kill like two more long beards, but because he didn't and he counted as four models and I had like I think I had six left. So he only killed like four long beards or something. Yeah. Um so uh, but we were both like well as soon as i basically hadn't done it on turn two i was like oh i've lost the game and we were like yeah the game's gonna be done here and then he underkilled those two long beards and it was just like oh okay well i mean i've got a chance i'm gonna play and then i played it and i i literally managed to pull that back and i won it on turn five by controlling oh, wow. by controlling the three that i needed to um oh, nice one. so yeah, that was like, how did this just happen? I have actually managed to turn something around and finally get a win. Um, yeah. So that was that was good. I didn't, <laughs> shouldn't have got it after what had happened. I shouldn't have got it, but I managed to pull it out and get it on turn five. Um, cool. So yeah, um, but yeah, and then the the next day, game four, I had a maggotkin list so that was my first time playing the new maggotkin and, okay, um, and that yeah. was against that was against sam g um and he how was had the like, disease how was the disease mechanic and everything it's, yeah it's good the mortal wounds it, it definitely racks up against yeah. stuff like fulminators and and things like that mm. like you don't you don't want it and he wasn't going full in on the disease but it definitely it definitely racks up it's my army's not something that likes it either um so yeah like it was good i i did get lucky like i had a fulminator that was like diseased had like he it would survive with one wound left and then i life surged it to like fully heal it and then it survived with like one wound left and i life surged it <laughs> so this full <laughs> this fulminator uh, survived survived so succumbing until... to nurgle but then like swinging back to a back Literally, to a <laughs> i thought it was going to be dead on like the third battle round and it it only died on like the end of the fifth um so that was wow. funny but um <laughs> the so i played him and that was a game where so it was like it was uh it was pretty much a nil deploy list because he had a lot of afflictions with a unit of flies that can go off the table and then deploy anywhere nine away and then he had gut rot spume with like two units of blight kings go off the table as well that can then come on from a board edge um yeah. And then he had Nurglings, which obviously just they then deploy into cover. Um, so all he really started on the table with, I think, was five Blight Kings, Festus, and Bellacor. Because he had Bellacor in the list, obviously. Um, but yeah, like I deployed in a way that was like he. I, th I think he gave me first. And so I was like. <laughs> I'm just going to go for it because basically because he had taken pretty much everything off the board, like Bellacore wasn't screened and I don't, because he ignores Rend it's, and he's a monster. Like it's the one situation where I don't need really my, my Rend buff on the Iron Drakes, the turn they appear. 
if Bellacor is going to be my target because I don't need mm. the extra Pippa Rend because he ignores it anyway. But yeah. he is only a four up save. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just I, I just brought the 20 Drakes plus the 10 Drakes and the Hurricane on. Um, and then the Fulminators as well um, to come on and like move and be the models that charged in to get the objective. And yeah, it went well. Like I killed Bellacor off with the 20 Drakes and the Hurricane. The Fulminators went into the Nurglings, killed two of the three bases, but it was enough to take the objective. Um, the other Iron Drakes left Festus on one wound, I think, and then Festus fully healed. But like yeah. the 10 Drakes were there. And because of my positioning, I knew like I basically brought the 10 drakes on off to the side in a position where he could get them but it screened everything else off like it zoned everything else off from him dropping nine away because i knew the fulminators were then going to charge into the board as well it kept everything ar else around it safe so my hurricane and my 20 drakes that was all safe so i just brought the 10 drakes on as a basically he can come and kill them if he wants but then he's on the table off to the side and he's got my 10 drakes okay um so he didn't bother like he, he didn't bother going for them, which was good because they were then just sitting there able to shoot Festus off the next turn and I was able to bridge the other 20 drakes. Um, but that game was good for me. Like the Blight Kings were too slow to get to me. It's the sort of thing where my list then does work dropping 20 Iron Drakes 16 away from you because I can shoot off a lot and then what you've got left isn't fast enough to get to me in a turn kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that, that, was, that was a very like straightforward game for me really um yeah. Yeah. we had a good game there like it was fun like he was doing his disease like his blight kings could easily go through like my iron breakers and stuff like they were great against iron breakers long beards because like they've got enough attacks anyway but then they put the disease onto you but then also they have their at the end of combat whenever they fight it's a two up to do a mortal wound to me for per each model so he just he'd tear through three plus two plus armor saves plus then the disease counters would do another two or three more wounds and then battle shock kind of thing. So, wow. <laughs> but it, it just didn't matter. They were off to the side. And with that scenario, there's three objectives. You only need to hold two. So I just ran away from that one and was like, all right, your slow stuff can have that objective. I'm just going to, I in the literal opposite corner of the board, going to have that one and I'm going to have the middle. And I just held those two for like the whole game and was getting my tactics and he, he failed a few of his and stuff. So yep. that was, that was my like, okay here we go this game's fine got the win good game sam was nice to play and that was a okay cool i'm now on 2-2 we can still go for a 3-2 here and also because both my losses had been like very close so my first game was yeah. like an my first game was like an 11-9 and i think my second game was like a 12-8 so yeah. of all the of all the people in that 2-2 bracket I was easily at the top of it because I'd still like I'd not been 20 owed or anything so I'd still gained got a lot of points from my losses um so I was like looking at the leaderboard going actually if I win this game I could still appear like I'll be in the top 10 I'll I'll be like fifth or sixth somehow because I'm thinking I've done atrociously like to lose yeah, my yeah. basically I felt like I'd lost all the first three games on the first day kind of thing um but then my last game was then Nurgle again against oh, yeah. um, Tyler McDonald, but he had the fast Nurgle list. So he had basically the Drown Men with all the flies, um, which lets you basically at the start of the first battle round, they can make a pregame move of eight inches. So they can basically like alpha you because they can move eight, then they can move eight 
and then get into you. So he had like, I think he had two, like, I think he had three times two of the plague flies that like the Blight King flies, Pascoil yeah, Blight Lords, yeah. and then a unit of four and the Lord of Afflictions. And then he had two of the Magoth Lords. So he had Bloab as the wizard and then he had Orgots as the like feisty one. Um, they're they're really good for their points now, like three hundred. Um, they're really good, which is great because you never saw them before. Um, yeah. uh, and then he had like five warhounds or something. Um, but they're just a fast unit he can use as a screen and sit there kind of thing. Um, but yeah, he I didn't know if he was going to alpha me or not. I put I put the hurricane and the drakes and stuff off the board. Um, he kind of, I think he did the right thing knowing that I can obviously just come on from a board edge. So if he pushed forward into me, I could have just come in behind him and it would have been like, okay, you can come onto my objectives, but I'll just go onto your objective sort of thing. Um, so he, he pre-game moved like some of the stuff forward, but generally left like flies and stuff to kind of zone off a bit. Um, but yeah, I came on, like I shot off two, I shot off two flies with my like hurricane and 20 drakes. Um, and I'd brought the fulminators on there as well and obviously shot against them and then moved. So then I made the like I made the charge into his five dogs, like in the back left corner. Cause I was like, I just want to put pressure on him. Um he was like, Do you want me to just take them off? And I was like, nah, like they can whiff. Like he's like, they're they're five warhounds. And I was like, let's just like I'll roll the dice. Trust me, they can whiff. And then they did whiff and they didn't kill five dogs. And then the <laughs> And then the one dog back did two wounds back to the formulators, which oh, Tyler, love... like, he was laughing. And I was like, I, I told you, like, like I told you it would happen. Um, yeah. Then, obviously, it meant in his turn, it gave, like, it gave Orgot something to do because he's quite slow at movement eight, um, but he hits hard. So I'd basically been measuring, like, I want to be outside of 20 with, like, where I put my iron drakes and stuff. So I was like, no matter what, you can move eight, you can't charge me. Um so by putting by making that charge with the formulators, I basically gave I gave him something to go and do with Orgots because Orgots was sitting there with the dogs. So then on his turn, he just went in and Orgots killed two formulators. No worries because he's got good attacks and good rend. So, and I didn't really gain anything. Like I literally lost fulminators for some chaos like warhounds. Like it, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> worth it. Um, <laughs> And it was like a lot of my stuff had obviously ambushed on that side. I probably should have, I brought them on because I didn't think my shooting was going to kill two flies, but my shooting did kill the two flies. And then obviously, cause I could move with the full means I did, but I probably shouldn't have. Um, and then I would have had them in backup to then probably go and charge all gots, for example, cause on the charge, they might've been able to kill me all gots. So I should have just, but yeah, I don't, I don't think I should have actually moved them in the end. Um, or I should have brought them on the other side of the board and put pressure on both flanks um but yeah I, I i misplayed a lot basically where i i didn't trade them well and then i played defensively with my phoenix and i actually think in hindsight i should have brought like my 10 iron drakes on the other side of the board gone in with a charge from the phoenix turn one into his two flies again to like clear that unit off put the pressure on him and it would have put my phoenix up the board able to then be able to fly off onto his objectives because he then just basically all my stuff other than 10 drakes i kept off the board but he just pushed flies into my my objectives and i was like shit like i need to bridge my iron drakes across basically onto my own backboard edge to kill off his four flies um and ultimately i then brought on the 10 iron drakes as well to help me there try and kill them off i was toying with 
I was tossing up, should I bring them on his backboard edge? Because I could have brought them on, shot into Bloav and moved forward potentially to take that objective. But I was like, it wasn't guaranteed. I didn't know because I would have had to have got the Phoenix in a certain position. And I think I needed the Phoenix to try and stop him scoring my points. Um, But ultimately, like I killed the four flies, but just like the Lord of Afflictions and stuff, it just let him push forward. And I, I was never on his. I had nothing left basically to go and sit on any of his objectives so he could just use his entire army's worth of stuff to just keep pushing me into mine he was scoring more every turn than i was and then obviously started taking my objectives off me anyway and burning them um and so yeah i i I just lost that game because i i just stupidly didn't use my movement and i just what i should have just i got too caught up in trying to stop him taking my objectives and i should have just i should have just been happy to trade it doesn't matter if it's your objective or your opponent's objective. Like they're basically yeah. worth worth the same. And so because he was coming at mine, I should have just been like, that's fine. Have mine. I'll take yours. And yeah. then from, from there, I think if I had the distance between us, I would have been able to shoot him down and still been keeping the points. Cause I yeah. stopped him. I think I stopped his tactic in the second turn and I was still getting mine as well. So I felt like I had a little bit of breathing room. Um, but yeah, in the end, like we, we talked it through and I was like, yeah, no, nah, I made, I made the mistakes by playing defensively basically letting you do exactly like all you had to do was just keep putting pressure on me as soon as i'd done that because there was no pressure on you to go backwards yeah um and he said as soon as you didn't bring those 10 drakes onto my backboard edge i was like yeah nah okay i can just keep pushing forward um but yeah so i misplayed that and yeah obviously i I got i got the loss there so i ended up going two three um but no, it was good. I had I had good games. Genuinely, like all of them were like enjoyable, um, and like like I say, I hadn't put any pressure on myself to do well. And if anything, the fact that I'd said if I play loads of like Stormcast and Iron Stormcast and Iron Jaws, I could quite easily go two three. <laughs> then I did go two three. Yeah. So I was well, like, yeah, at least I've got an idea of the like yeah. how the army performs and what its weaknesses are. Um, yeah. But yeah, basically my conclusion from that weekend, because Carwin also took Living Cities, but he he went much more direct approach. He had six Fulminators and Gotrek and a Phoenix. And then right. like and then just like crap to fill out the rest of the list. So like ten Dark Shards, ten Dread Spears kind of stuff. Um but he like he came second. So he's his approach definitely for the meta works a lot more having two units of fulminators to be able to bring a unit on turn one, then bring another bigger unit on turn two plus go trek that can just go through stuff. Like it, it just works much more than like the iron drakes do now the bridging iron drakes. I don't think it, I, I don't think it's anywhere near as good as it used to be because of the main reason I honestly think is because of the um, the change to Soul Screen Bridge. It used to let you take mm. every everything wholly within six of it and teleport it. So you could teleport a defensive screen at the front with your long beards behind for your reroll ones to wound buff, plus your rune lord to keep your extra rend up, and then the iron drakes at the back, and you could just take that circle pie plate of all your units and buffs together and drop it down drop it down kill something if something was still alive to get to you it just hits your defensive screen and then you can teleport out again anyway 
now you can only take one unit with it. It just doesn't work because you teleport your Iron Drakes, even if you've got your buff of plus rend for one turn. If you're teleporting them far away, your Rune Lord can't keep up. So you're not getting it the following turn. You're going out of range of your reroll ones from your long beards. You can't teleport a screen in front of them. And now that the game has changed with Iron Jaws and Stormcuts, so many things, it, hell, even the flies being able to move so quickly, 16 inch range, it's just not enough distance. So, yeah, like, yeah. They, they, they then just get into your Iron Drakes and then they just kill them. And the output isn't there continuously because yeah. you don't have your rural ones to wound you don't have your extra rend that you don't shoot enough off and then it just dies so that was my big i think i think they could work in living city still but honestly i think you just bin off all of the extra tech around the bridge and you just take tens because that way you'd especially against monsters every 10 you take as an individual 10 because it's only the unit champion can get the torpedo which is always Ren 2, and it's D3 damage or D6 against monsters. So a 10 of them coming on from the board edge of Living Cities gets two shots with the torpedo. And I actually think I wouldn't bother now like trying to build in like the long beards for the reroll ones and then the bridge and all that stuff. And I wouldn't I wouldn't bother trying to have like the rune lords and the 20s. I would just be like 10, 10, 10. So every turn I could be bringing on a 10 shooting something off bringing on a 10 the next turn shooting something like constantly chipping away at edges and stuff like that so um no it was good learnings and it was really interesting to see how something that traditionally would have been really good like it's war scroll and stuff hasn't changed but the yeah. game the game has changed around it to mean that it's a lot less effective yeah yeah um so no, it was good, and it was just fun to play five games. So that no, was good. Absolutely, and like, um, what were the um, just out of interest, what was the round timings? Was it two and a oh, half, three? Two. No, it was two forty-five. I'm pretty sure. Two forty-five. Yeah. So that's kind of like still a sweet spot, kind of. Yeah, like it was good. Like yeah. I finished all my games. Most of them went like to time. Like me and Gabe were like kind of having to talk through our turn five. Um, yeah, like. I, three would be my my perfect i think but i still yeah. like i complete we completed all of the games yeah. i did anyway into in 245 um i think three is perfect but yeah no i'm just sort of thinking uh, in terms of um planning <laughs> do you reckon we'll do three hours at um slaughter we did three last year yeah, i'd do three did we do three last year yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. It only really has an impact on Saturday, and all it means is that people stay later. Like, but yeah. to be honest, if you're playing for the weekend, you're committed for the day anyway. Like, I don't really see the difference in kind of finishing at six and finishing at seven. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It'll, it'll be three hour rounds. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Nice. And um, do you remember who, um, like, who took out the um, the podium at, at um, Goldcon? Oh, yeah. And... yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave, Probably awards Dave, or anything like that. Or Dave got his second five zero for the year, so he obviously won Toowoomba Open with his slaves to darkness, um, yeah. with Archeon Velikor, and then he won Goldcon with Stormcast. Um, so he had very good Stormcast list. So he had like a couple units of Vindictors. It was in Stormkeep, which I think is the better one. So the Vindictors count as three models each on your objectives, and then from the third battle round, three models on any objective on the board. Um, and then a unit of four dragons 
a unit of six long strikes that can double shoot a unit of um yeah i think that's it so it's like four dragons six long strikes uh a knight encounter so he's got the auto unbind um did he have a relicter or not can't remember if he had a relicter couple units of them and a couple units of vindictors um to to sit there but yeah uh he he won the tournament um which is interesting because he played one of the other stormcast lists that was uh it actually like it had six long strikes etc and it outdropped him so talking about it we were like oh we actually wonder if he could win because he can do his teleport his he could go first teleport his six long strikes hero phase shoot and basically shoot off dave's long strikes and then kind of and then go dragons into his dragons kind of thing but i don't know how the game played out but obviously dave won it um so that was interesting um carwin as i said came second with a much more direct approach living cities list um and then uh michael clark who'd come up um with also cities but he took like hallow heart with four dragons allied in um he came third um so yeah, yeah but nice. dave sure. dave obviously dave beat michael dave beat carwin um dave beat another like strong stormcast list so like dave did his thing and um yeah got another yeah got another got his second 5-0 two tournaments 10 games one yeah, cool. zero zero losses so nice. um yeah, well done, Dave. Was, and, um, what yeah. about hobby awards? Was there any standouts? Um, or who, Geordie, who was? Yeah, Geordie got best painted with his beasts. Um, Geordie needs a big shout out, to be honest, because like obviously Dave won and well done everybody on the podium. But to be honest, Geordie went four one with Beast of Chaos, wow. and that is that is <laughs> that's like the real thing to talk. That's about. sensational. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And he got like best painted, um, and he and he got best chaos. Is this Jordy? Is this the same guy we've talked about previously with his conversion? Yeah, Jordy Slat. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, beast, yeah. It's, yeah. It's the Beast Army I played. Like, have had the pleasure of meeting or playing him. So, yeah. Oh, you'll you'll love his army. Like, and Jordy's such a nice guy as well. Um, so yeah, no, like Jordy smashed it. Um, so congrats to him. Um, That's brilliant for, be- for Beasts. <laughs> that was the big standout. And the Good big news. thing about that is today the White Dwarf leaks for <laughs> Beast of Chaos update. Tome Celestial just came out. And I have to say, holy shit, this is without a doubt the most impactful White Dwarf army updates they've released. I genuinely think Beasts uh, are going to get such an uplift from this. Like, I no doubt whatsoever that Geordie will be able to 5-0 with Beasts now. Not saying that they've gone broken, etc. But, like, basically the buffs they've got is the Herdstone... I think he's easily probably the best faction terrain piece in the game now. Um, so it's like it's board wide plus one rend to your entire army. And then from the third battle round, I think. Wow. Uh, yeah, from the start of the third battle round, it's plus two rend. Wow. Board so they just wide. Get better. Yeah. yeah. There's no, yeah, no range on that. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. So just whole army looking... just. Mm from the get-go so like best of gore they just rent two now and then from the third battle round they rent three <laughs> um and then as if that wasn't enough it then has its range ability so it starts at 12 goes up by six um every battle round after the first uh basically beasts wholly within range 
half the number of their models that flee to Battleshock. Massive, because that's always been a big thing for them. And then if a beast of chaos unit, wholly within range, uses rally, models come back on a four plus, not a six. Ooh, that's awesome. Like Skyfire units, like Bulgore units. Yeah. It, like I mean, fuck it, Bestigore, 30 Bestigore of like, mental now because they're Ren 2 to start with. Battle round three, they're Ren 3. You lose, I don't know, you've got 30. Say you lose like 15 of them. You take a Battleshock test where you should lose another 12 or whatever. You only lose six. So you've only got nine models left. But then you're like, doesn't matter who wins priority. Rally, 21, get 10 <laughs> back. You're now back up yeah. to like 20, 20 models. Like, yeah. So good. So, That's awesome. So, yeah. So good. So good. Oh, it's gonna be good. We'll see more beasts um, getting around then, I suppose. But that's this. just that's just the herdstone, mm. James. Mm, mm. They they <laughs> then they then got a whole table of um monstrous rampages that they can do as well. That's badass. I'm which gonna, is gonna, really cool. Get some so beasts they, now. they have a generic <laughs> one, which is and don't forget monstrous rampages is just monsters can do these if the conditions are met like at the end of the charge phase like you don't actually have to be in range of monsters or stuff like that so this first one primal raw you just roll a dice on a one nothing but two to five you get a primordial call point which is their summoning points and on a six you get three so just every charge phase you've got a monster you just basically on a two up you get a summoning point on a six you're getting three their summoning table because generally their primordial call points were quite you don't you didn't get loads of them their summoning tables pretty cheap in terms of like i think it's like six seven points for like three enlightened on disc so yeah, right. every charge phase you can just get one or three basically and you're gonna rack up extra stuff and then you've got feast on flesh for gorgons they get plus one rend so there i think you can get a gorgon up to like rend six or something now um <laughs> but basically they get plus one rend and then also Every time they kill a model with their attacks, they heal a number of wounds equal to that model's characteristic, like wounds characteristic. So your Gorgons can go in, extra Ren, heal themselves up. Cygors can now um, unbind endless spells within six. Um, if, you oh, yeah. beat, if you beat the casting value of the spell, you, it's dispelled, and then the Cygor heals a number of wounds equal to the 2d6 roll. Yeah, cool. That's going to be really nice for giving you, like, one, obviously getting rid of enemy endless spells. Like, if someone's trying to do something like a horror ghast, which goes off in the battle shock phase, and you're like <laughs> in the comp, and you're like in the combat phase, you've got a charge phase, sorry, you've got a monster within six of it. You're like, nah, I'm just going to try and get rid of that now. Thanks. Or even using it to get rid of your own endless spells as well, like in your yeah. opponent's turns if you failed it in the hero phase. Like, it just cast, an, cast an endless spell just so you can heal him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if he's getting, um, getting a bit low on wounds, just chuck a cheeky something out yeah. there and dispel it. Exactly, <laughs> and like you can have a low cast endless. You can have a low cast endless spell because even if it's like a four, you roll a two d six. All you need is like a five, but a five wound heal is really good. Yeah. Um, and then you've got entropic miasma, which is from Jabba slides. Um, so this one is enemy heroes within three. One, nothing happens. On a two to five, you worsen their save characteristic by one and until the following combat That's phase. Um, and then on a six, you worsen their save characteristic by two. So Oof. 
given that the whole army has just been given plus one rend, plus one rend board wide anyway, on a two, like on a two plus, essentially Vestigor from the start of the game are like rend three against a hero. Jeez, like fuck you, Archeon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is awesome. God, they 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 really needed a, a good. Nice they needed boost, something, they? but they need their time is... in the sun. They need their time in the sun. This is it's... more than a nice little boost. Like genuinely, this is like an S tier update. Like this should be like, and, and so it should be. This is like the realm of beasts. It is the year of the beast. This should be happening. Do you know it, what? It is. It is if time. They, <laughs> if they if they didn't have the time to put in a whole new beast of chaos battle tone within their schedule for two years, fuck it. They did not need to. This white dwarf update, chef's kiss. My god. This is like <laughs> such a boost in power. Yeah. Compa- and I'm so surprised because so many of the other ones have been <clears throat> s- like so ineffectual. They've like a lot of the time the, the the tomes they've updated haven't needed an update, so it's just been like here's some extra rules. Yeah. They're yeah. not my they're not major rules like when they gave Seraphon new stuff. Fortunately, it wasn't big bonuses cuz Seraphon didn't need them, but like it's kind of made me be like, "Oh, the white dwarf updates they're pretty pants the legion of blood ones i thought were nice because like an extra yeah. free like free pluses to cast or extra attacks for free like why wouldn't you yeah. and it was on and the a, legion that people trait and, yeah and, and it was on the legion that yeah. people weren't taking which is exactly what these buffs should do is to bring up the lower level yeah. staff and it's a it's a great legion to play i mean i've been playing it, so. um yeah. but this buff is honestly like it's great obviously you do the herdstone buffs are incredible. You still need to remember that smash to rubble is a thing. So on a yeah, two yeah, up, yeah. if someone yeah. else gets a monster within three, you're losing your herdstone. You just make sure you keep some um, ungores back there for your yeah. sacrifices and keep you, them there you've as you got to screen um, it or something as your but... screen. Yeah, yeah. But um, so I'm pretty sure that's part of the part of the book is you you make sacrifices on the herdstone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like obviously it's it's easy to remove those amazing buffs, but these these like monstrous rampages are great as well and you can't get rid of mm. them um cool. and they're and getting it's so, encouraged it's super thematic and as well yes yeah, the fact that mm. they've done them for gorgons cygors jabberslies mm. and then the last ones for chimeras where you get mm. plus one attacks characteristic to their metal melee weapons which is really nice because they've obviously got like the three different profiles because they've got like the lion's head they've got the claws like or the three heads, obviously, so that they they had like decent profiles, but generally low numbers of attacks. So getting an extra attack on all of those is actually quite good. Um, but yeah, I love it. Like literally, it's a whatever you like. You've got all these monsters in your collection now; they can all go do different things. But then any of them can just always primal roar as well, which you're always going to want to do. So it's like you can take the specific ones for when the moment comes up. Like you need to reduce the save of a hero you've got your jabber slides ready but while you're not within three it's not being useless you're just like okay i'll do my primal roar with my jabber slide get some extra summoning points bring some more summoning and stuff in so um i'm super impressed with this update like i i think beasts are going to be really good with it as well so this is the um, the, the upcoming white dwarf yeah so this released. is in the new yeah this will be yeah. in the the new white dwarf coming out um yeah, cool but yeah, so like um, I, Bone, uh, was it Bone Reapers got the update for this one, current one? Yeah, the most recent one was yeah, yeah Bone yeah. Reapers. Um, but I couldn't even tell you what that one does because again, it was a pretty minimal change, I think. Um, but yeah, this beast update, like I've already messaged Jordy and he's like, "Oh my god, 
excitement levels are high. So is Gabe, actually, because Gabe's obviously got his Beast's army. Um, so he's been painting up his Slanesh, and he's like, oh, my God, maybe the Beast's come out. <laughs> um, yep, that's Slanesh army. The yeah, love I love it. The love-hate Slanesh. I, th I think these <laughs> updates are amazing. Like, And I think it's going to make me see a lot more Beasts on the table. Like, I'm going to... I genuinely think I've only played against Beast once, and it was against Geordie at that tournament. And, like... I think that's not going to happen anymore. I think you'll see a lot of people taking them. Um, like, I don't think they're... They've still got their inherent weaknesses, and I think the main buffs are definitely the Herdstone, which has its obvious, cool, you just roar at it. Yeah, well, you just smash it to rubble and get rid of it, yeah. um, which is good. Yeah. You've got to get to it. So the be And beasts tend to have a lot of units, so they can just make lots of screening walls, etc. But, um, like, I, I, I think it's great. Like I, I genuinely am like super intrigued as well for what they could do in future. Like Sylvaneth are not in a great spot either. I don't know if they're getting a new book anytime soon because they are a book that's had quite a few versions. But mm. like if they got something like this where mm. they can just they can boosting. they can just get some extra rend help out those kernels or they can get some i don't know they can get some ward saves or something like if they can just do something like that from a time celestial to just literally up if you're if you're talking in like s tier a tier b tier c tier kind of this update i think is i reckon it lifts beasts like two tiers yeah genuinely if they were in like d tier or whatever like c tier, like i think they've definitely gone up to like b maybe even a like we need to see it but mm, yeah. yeah i think yeah. if someone plays it right and their herdstone survives like it, it, i'm pretty much just thinking about like bestigore and like enlightened and stuff at the moment yeah. like i i genuinely think with those buffs bestigore are going to be amazing yeah yeah i'm just so. um bringing to mind there was um you talk about people who play beasts um i know hugh crail from the beast of belco is a is a big beast lover so um i've played i played his um beast army um uh, at least one or two occasions i think but um yeah uh he'll be very excited boy when he sees this come out i think <laughs> yeah nah. which is great that's what you want to see right you want to see people be like yes yeah. this is awesome and i think all the people like i don't own beasts this is one of the few armies i don't own i'm excited yeah because and I'm happy with this update because it's an army you don't see. People yeah. are going to get to play with it. I'll see it more on the table. Like, I don't want to see the armies be shit. Like, I want all the armies to be cool and be good and be viable. So, yeah. like, yeah. but it's one of those updates where I think everyone is going to be happy. If you're a beast player, you're super happy. But even yeah. if you're not, you're like, you're happy for your friends that are beast players. You're not sitting there being like, oh, fuck's sake. Whereas, like, when everyone saw that, Seraphon were getting a Tome Celestial update. The immediate reaction was, "Fuck's oh, sake, Seraphon they don't, really don't need, that, need do anything else." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when it and then when it did come out, everyone was like, "Oh, okay. Well, at least it didn't like. At least it's not broken because they didn't need it." But then also everyone's like, why? "So why did this update come out? It was yeah, fucking pointless." Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I I think this update's fantastic. So yeah, yeah, super good. So that was a good little convenient tangent about beasts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but well, yeah, do you reckon yeah. we should we should call it there because it's actually yeah, ended up being a decent show. So absolutely, yeah. Let's yeah, let's wrap it up there, and um, we'll reconvene um, 
next month. Yep, I reckon so. Let's do it. See how we'll, we'll keep. We'll hopefully have more. Hopefully, I would have on Sydney's oh, law. Yes, start. yeah. I think um, we should think about maybe um, publishing the painting um, competition categories um, soon, so people can start preparing. So oh, are, are we changing them? No. Well, I, I wouldn't think so. No. No. Okay. Maybe yeah. maybe we should do a post with the the painting categories. Um, yeah. All right. So people can know what what's going on for new, people who are not familiar so alex james bitch can start painting yeah <laughs> yeah alex james what am i talking about alex mario nick james yeah <laughs> nick james bitch yep well those two are a pair they're both bitches yeah, yeah. we love them <laughs> <laughs> love it oh, love you guys funny. um but yeah oh, no. yeah i'm starting to fall apart Quite, yeah, I'm, it's um, late. I'm, I'm starting to fall asleep at the wheel. All right, you go to bed. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we will uh, we'll wrap it up there. And um, as always, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next show. No, right, guys, catch you next time. You've been listening to Mortally Wounded podcast. You can contact Chris on Twitter at Wounded Mortally. You can contact James on Instagram at Duke Kadrick. Our website is www.mortallywoundedpodcast.com. Check out the shop where you'll find some super sexy swag for your hobby. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.